Hey, welcome back to On Point, everybody. This episode, I sit down with Kyle and we talk about aero setups and how I was kind of being an idiot this year before season with tuning and trying to figure out what spine my uh, Evoke 31 wanted. And just talking about tuning, aero spines, and, and quality of arrows, and then kind of dig into shooting um, fundamentals and broadheads. So we kind of hit everything on this one, but this one was really geared towards arrows since I'm sitting down with Kyle from DCA Custom Arrows again. And uh, the guy builds a lot of arrows, really knows his stuff, and um, really dives deep into spin testing and, and, and spine tuning and all this stuff. So great guy to talk to, very unbiased. And I uh, got to talk to him about his first time uh, taking a big game animal with his bow setup or any setup for that matter. But if you haven't yet, be sure to go on to the YouTube channel. If you guys are curious about what the bow lines are going to look like this year, I'll be sitting down with Corey Miller here later this week talking about the PSE lines. And then, um, you know, Matthews, Bowtech, Hoyt, they're all going to come out right after PSE. And uh, I'll be doing YouTube videos on all those like I usually have done at least the last two years. And uh, you just type in Garrett Weaver on uh, YouTube, search for me there, and I'll pull right up, sub to the channel, hit the bell icon so you get notifications as I upload. So outside of that, appreciate you guys, and I will see you at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and officially get this thing rolling. I forgot to push the record button the first time. So. No problem. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this is your second year hunting. Yes. Last year you said you barely made it out. And uh, this year you, you were able to build your own arrows and really dive deep into the arrow building and then go out and harvest your first animal with the bow, right? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, uh, we talked about it last time that I really, when I got into it, um, I lived at the range and would shoot for hours on end, just working on my groups, getting everything tightened up. Um, I don't come from a hunting family at all. So mm -hmm. it was all new. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of the podcasts where you guys are talking about you know, first time hunters and, you know, how to get into the woods and things like that, uh, challenges to overcome. And that's huge. I mean, I'm living proof of it. It's tough to find a spot to go hunting. It's tough to find people that, um, you know, all, all my good friends want to take me hunting, but it's hard to get schedules to line up and then to get access to land that they have access to, if it's a lease or something like that. So there's a lot to get, get through to get into it, but I did go out um, twice last year, um, saw just a few, uh, one big doe about 60 yards that was staring right at us. And then, uh, obviously out of range. And then, uh, another one where it was just a, a very small, uh, I think they were both fawns, honestly, but mm -hmm. it was good to get out. Uh, I'd love to be out in the woods. It's kind of my favorite place to be and just to hang out. But, um, yeah, this year I got to go up to um, my buddy, uh, Josh Dutton. His family has land up in Wisconsin, and then that land um, backs up to tons of public land. I mean, it's insane the amount of public land they have up there. And their season opens up early. So uh, September 15th, we were up there, and uh, Josh went out with me up in the tree. He passed up his you know, opening weekend in Wisconsin to kind of help me out. Uh, super nice guy, super nice family. Their whole family's awesome. Uh, his mom made us breakfast and everything. It was just, it was awesome. But we were out there, uh, went out in the morning and saw nothing. Uh, the temperatures also dropped. So like here in Indiana right now, it's, it was 90 today. On, and today was our opening season. And all my buddies were out and they said they saw nothing. Just too hot. Hmm. So, um, yeah, we got out, 
the temperatures dropped up in Wisconsin, so it was nice up there. Um, saw nothing in the morning and then went back to the same stand uh, for the evening hunt. We scouted all day. Um, my other buddy, uh, TJ Eads, was out uh, on his own. Um, he like hiked a mile in. Uh, and then we got the text that he dropped a doe, a really nice big doe. Um, and that was on public land. So he hiked, you know, we went in, found a spot, uh, and he dropped a doe on public land in one day. It was pretty awesome. So he got his, and then about a half hour shooting light left. Um, you know, myself and Josh were up in the tree and we were talking about, you know, let's go help TJ with his, uh, it's going to be a huge haul to get that thing in. And, uh, as we were kind of discussing that my back was to where the buck came in and (laughs) (laughs) Josh, we're kind of having a pretty casual conversation. And then Josh just goes, dear. And I just freeze. I could see in his eyes that I don't have a lot of time. So, uh, I turned around really slow. Um, it was a small buck as everybody probably saw on the Instagram post, but it didn't matter to me. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, just the weekend, the, the camaraderie, uh, the people I got to meet, it was amazing. Um, and then yeah, turned around pretty slow. Uh, the buck came down. Uh, I knew he was under 30 and over 20 and I have, uh, an apex four pin site. So I have 20, 30 and 40 yard pins and then one floater pin. So I put the, uh, 30 about his spine height and the 20 then would be, um, about midway down on him, um, drew back and then shot through a, a fairly tight window in some trees. And when I shot, he slightly ducked and it, find him because his, his back legs dropped. Um, mm-hmm. but when we were, uh, back and kind of, you know, butchering him up, um, there was nothing wrong with the spine. We couldn't find where it even hit it. So we think that just a blade went through his spine and, oh, okay. and got him there. But then, uh, so he dropped, um, and went silent for a little bit and then started moving a little bit. And so, uh, I shot another one and it, uh, went, went straight through him. Uh, and that was it. So it was a really, really quick kill. Um, less than a minute. He filmed it. Uh, but the, the film was a little rough. It was his first time in a long time filming it. And I was just glad to have it on film, but, uh, right. Yeah. He was down less than a minute and, uh, you know, zero tracking. (laughs) It was right there. So that's an awesome memory, man. I remember, um, and congrats on your first buck. Thank That's you. freaking cool with a bow anyways. I mean, I'm sure you've, no. you've killed others and stuff. No, no, Is no. that your first buck period? First deer, first buck. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> oh, okay. It was a big That's event. Awesome. <laughs> no, no. I mean, my first, my first buck with a bow, I mean, yours was probably twice, maybe three times bigger than mine. <laughs> and it was just, if you grabbed the horns, your hands would probably would have been taller than the horns. <laughs> it was, uh, it was a toe head, but I, I, kind of my brother kind of caught that on film didn't get the shot on film but the rest of it you know right after i shot everything's on film and i wouldn't trade that video i should post it on instagram but i wouldn't trade that video for anything and that's probably one of my top hunting memories ever and so when just listening to you talk about i just i'm so excited that you got that on video you're going to cherish that thing forever yeah seriously i mean i'll be telling the story for the rest of my life and i (laughs) you know i I kept the antlers and everything and they're they're small but like they're mine you know and uh, yeah 
man, I've had some really good uh, backstrap tacos lately, and uh, <laughs> I I love it. I love everything about it. I can see, you know, I I was in it because uh, it was a challenge, and so when I got my bow, um, my first bow, I was like shooting. Talked about this last time, but I was shooting and just obsessed with getting the arrows to fly right, and then it just became a thing. I, we're the we're similar in that way that you know when when something is a little difficult or doesn't make sense, we're on it. You know, we just run with it and figure everything out as much as we can. Um, and so I did that with the arrows and that's how I do things now. I just, I build really good predictable arrows. Um, but, and I built for a lot of hunters and they were just hunters and they don't want to mess with arrows. Um, they're glad that I know the numbers, but they don't care. These are my friends that tell me this. Right. <laughs> and, right. Uh, and they just, you know, yeah, I'm sure you're exactly the same way. You know, you, as soon as you get to C and FOC, their eyes are glazed over. But uh, <laughs> I, I completely get where they're at now. You know, it, it, it's a whole new thing uh, for me. And I'm I'm dying to get back out in the woods. It's like I said, the season just opened up here in Indiana. So uh, hopefully I'll be out. Uh, it'll probably be mid-October by the time I get back out. And then hopefully I'll be out late October as well. But, um, so you're going to be hunting more whitetail then in, in Indiana? Yeah, yeah. Yep. There's okay. a, a you got any other hunts? What's that? You got any other hunts besides Indiana coming up? Uh, I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> it Maybe. I'm trying to. It's uh, I have two little guys and uh, a full-time job. So I, as you know, getting away and getting away from the family yeah. is tough. And I already got my buck, so it's not a super high priority. So I kind of got to as everybody does, you have to keep, keep the family happy and get your family time with them. I mean, I, you know, I, I love being with them and it's, I wouldn't trade that for anything. So I'll hunt when I can now that I got my buck, but, um, I'd like to get up to Michigan, uh, to, to hang out with the, the guys from the, uh, Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. They asked me up there. So, um, I might go up there and shoot a little bit with them, but man, it's, it's getting time away. October just flies. It's so crazy. Dude, no joke. September flew by like ugh, it was the fastest it's ever gone. I mean, it goes faster <laughs> every year because I, I know you you always grow up here and you know the older you get, faster time goes by. Yeah, it seems like it takes three years when you're ten just to have one birthday. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, it's it sucks because it's true because it take it just flew by. Like it feels like last year. Um, I was hunting like elk last year, and then now it's like this year already came up. It's like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I waited a year for elk season to come back around. It just came so quickly. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. So I mean, um, yeah, I killed mine on the 16th and it felt like, it felt like the 16th, to be honest with you. Cause I'd struggled so long, but now that it's over, it's like, man, that was like the blink of an eye. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I heard somebody describe it one time, like as you get, into high school um it's like you're getting on a, an entrance ramp to a highway and like telephone poles are kind of slowly passing you by and the older you get the faster and the further you are down that highway and the poles just fly by but i mean when you yep. when you work every day and then you have you know certain things you have to do on certain days with family obligations and all that stuff man the, mm -hmm. the, the weeks just scream by so it's good to get out in the right. woods though i think to sit in a tree and be able to take time and you know enjoy what you have and kind of get some some time to reflect on what you have so i mean there's as i see it there's no drawback to hunting <laughs> it, a little bit of money but other than that 
you know, there's a lot of positives to it. So I think it's good. Yeah. Well, the, the, the woods, I mean, it, it's, I think, I don't know how to describe it, but it's easy. It's easy to g- just spending a few days out in the woods, especially out of service and just having like that, that electronic detox, that social media detox, yeah. the cell phone detox. It really does an amazing thing for just for my mind anyways. And it just, it really helps. I mean, honestly, I, I do love, you know, filming it and sharing it on Instagram and stuff like that. And, and, but there is that point where like when you're back in the wilderness and you know, you're out of service, mm-hmm. it just, it's like, you can breathe easy. It's like, Oh, okay. I'm fine. I finally, I'm finally here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, well, the other thing too I get is it. like when you're out there with your buddies and like, you know, I have my hunting buddies and all that stuff and my arrow buddies like you and, uh, you know, that we text all the time, but it, man, it's so good just to be out there and hanging out with your buddies and not texting, but actually having, you know, face-to-face conversations in a, mm-hmm. in a spot where you're not running. Like, uh, like the two guys I was with TJ Eads has his own company, uh, rack up mm-hmm. and you know, he's, he's doing all kinds of stuff. He's making ends meet, he's making, you know, this, and he's got to take care of that, got to take care of that. And so when I do get a chance to talk to him, it's, it's not quick we take time, but it's so nice when you just, you know, have an hour and especially the drive out there I'm in Indiana and it was about a 12 hour drive for me, but it was worth it. And just to get that time alone and to, to hang out and, uh, you know, retell old stories and make new ones. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So what was your arrow setup? So, uh, I just switched things up because originally like when everything got started, I started, started shooting gold tip velocities. And the reason I did that is because it's just, it's a super light arrow. It's a, an relatively inexpensive arrow, but it's a, mm-hmm. it's a good quality arrow, but man, it's a great platform just to play with because you have, you know, the, the insert in the front of it is only about, you know, 12.6 grains. Um, mm-hmm. and then they have the, the gold tip back system. So you can add 25 grains to that. And you could really mm-hmm. just stack things up and try a lot of different things, uh, put a different point on it. So it was just a great, and it still is kind of a, a test bed for me. Um, but I, I've been building uh, tons of the Rampage and tons of the Axis, the Black Eagle Rampage and the Eastern Axis. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the Rampage. I mean, I am just love that arrow. Uh, I've tested it on my spine gauge, and not only are they super consistent arrow to arrow, but around the arrow, they're super consistent. Same with the axis. Um, hmm. And I really like the, the 204 ID arrow. So the, the gold tip velocity, yep. I'm sure you know this, is a, is a 246, the standard diameter. And then the rampage and the axis um, are both the, the 0.204 diameter or ID uh, arrow. So you have tons of options for inserts. You have you know, all the hit inserts that Easton has, the aluminum, the brass. Um, and then, you know, Bill from Iron Will has his, um, his system. So he has the stainless steel inserts from 25 to hundred. Um, mm-hmm. he has his impact collars that he can run. Um, and then victory makes a bunch, uh, and black Eagle has their insert. And I love the black Eagle insert, uh, it's 55 grains. Um, and that's what I was running. So I had a, uh, when I was hunting this time, I had a black Eagle rampage, uh, 300 spine, the dynamic spine on it was a 307 and then uh the total weight of it was about 460 grains and that was okay. coming out at uh 273 feet per second um 
I have a 30 inch draw and I was pulling 66 pounds. And the, the funny thing about that is, you know, I've been basically prepping to go hunting for the last two or three years. And of course, right before I go hunting, I change everything. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, when you said that, I'm like, dude, that's a, that's a typical arrow guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, everything's perfect. I'll just change it all up. I mean, I, I, I added, uh, so I've been pulling 63 pounds for a long time and I, I was so comfortable pulling that, that, mm-hmm. and I really didn't want to pull more than I was uncomfortable pulling. And, uh, I was like, no, I don't want to go up because you know, everything's fine. I can shoot a hundred yards, which is what I like to do to do my testing with. And then, uh, when I jumped to the black Eagles, I started shooting about 263 and Mm -hmm. I didn't find that out until I went to, uh, shoot at a a place called Bass and Bucks here in Indiana. They have a trail shoot. So I went up and, uh, shot that one and you have to shoot through a chrono and it was 263. And I was like, man, that's slow. You know, and I kind of had the, uh, I need to shoot at least 273. You know, I, I got to do this. So, uh, I went out, I put on some extra weight in the front of the arrow, um, to kind of simulate the extra weight that I'd be adding to it, you know, to, to break down the spine of an arrow, to make an arrow spine weaker, you can either increase your draw length or you can add point weight to it, or you can make the arrow longer. And so to simulate adding a little more weight to the bow, um, I put some weight on the front of it and shot that. And it actually grew better. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely turning mm-hmm. it up now. So I have a... That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So did, did you... Um, so what was the final, based off of your, your setup and everything, what was your final spine that you actually ended up going with? And how much point weight did you have? So it was a, it was a 300 spine, uh, static spine. And then the point weight was 100. And I was shooting the uh, Iron Wheel S100s. And then uh, the insert was a 55 grain the stainless steel insert that comes with the, the stock insert that comes with the rampages, but it's, okay. it's a yeah, hardened yeah. stainless steel. I mean, um, when I rough those up to, to build it with them, um, it takes a lot of, uh, very coarse sandpaper to get through that. It, they're really hard. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I love them. Um, I, I would say that the iron wheel, the whole hit insert system is probably the most bulletproof for the front of an arrow. Um, but, I really like the rampage because it comes with the, the 55 grain insert. Um, and then like when somebody contacts me, I was actually running a setup right before you called for somebody, um, squeeze it one last one in. And sometimes I go with the black Eagle rampage and I'll put instead of the 55 grain insert, I'll put the 16 grain, uh, aluminum hit insert in it or something like that, mm-hmm. whatever I need to do to get the, the spine right or get the weight right. And then I'll adjust the spine, you know, go with a lower spine or a higher spine or whatever it takes to kind of get it, uh, in the, in the right zone, I think. Um, but, and I could play with the, the length of the arrow and, or the shaft length of it, all that kind of stuff. But, um, right. Well, this year I, uh, I was kind of like you, I changed everything up <laughs> and, and, um, me and Brian um, started like building a friendship and, and, yeah. and I consider him a, a definitely a, a, a good friend now, especially sure. one in the archery industry that I can trust. And so I was like, dude, I really want to use your stuff this year. Um, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's try some arrows and, and, and some of your broadheads. And so I got some 
and um, I just was having <laughs> having uh, arrow issues. I, I, I can't say arrow issues. I was having accuracy issues, and I'm like, okay, uh, what's going on here? So I started really diving um, into you know just troubleshooting. Is it was it me? Was it the broadhead? Was it the arrow? Was it the bow? And so I just completely. This is like a week before, two weeks before season. Yeah. I know you can. Uh, I bought, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got that Evoke 31. And then finally, I'm like, all right, I'm going to text Kyle, I'm like, see what, see what he thinks here. And, and for years, I've shot the uh, 340 spine axis. And so I kind of just went with what would I thought was the equivalent in a day six. Uh-huh. And um, long story short, you're like, ah, I don't think you should be shooting the 340 axis. I think you're underspined. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> and, uh, uh, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, and and I've been shooting that with for years without any accuracy issues, but I knew how much point weight until I lost and and was definitely unstable. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like I'm I'm under that, but this is the first time I've shot the day 6, maybe their spines are a little bit different or there's you know, I'm just I'm using the methodology on a completely different arrow here. So um I ended up going a stiffer spine, took your suggestion, went to a stiffer spine, and we are like four days out and i'm like <laughs> i bought 300 spine axis thinking i'm gonna find out like I'm, I'm gonna get some more stiffer spines from brian i'm gonna have him completely build them up with a helical and and have him completely just send me some finished some finished arrows and then i right before that i went on bought some day six um uh three or uh, excuse me some eastern axis 300 spines mm-hmm. And I moved my arrow rest a little farther inside, which I wasn't wanting to do, but um, it completely started getting bullet holes. I'm like, okay. It was a little bit, it was like not even a 16th on the rest, maybe a 16th on the rest. It was a little outside, and but I was definitely um, farther inside than what I thought I should be on, on the, and when I talk about inside, outside, I, I'm talking about moving the rest left or right for guys that are wondering. So I was a little farther left on the rest than what I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, um, basically just trying to figure out where my center shot is and stuff like that. And, and I call, I even called Corey. I'm like, dude, I cannot get this thing to shoot broadheads. And he's like, Oh, don't worry about it. Just put it right here. And as soon as I, I, I did that, I was like, yeah, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I was like, so it was a little bit of a bow tune issue. And yeah. then I it mixed with a spine issue kind of like, kind of like hiding each other, like holding each other's hands. And I'm like, yeah. and, and I think the three, I think a little bit smaller brace height was also another contributing factor uh-huh. <laughs> factor. And there I was like, Jesus Christ, I changed everything <laughs> like two weeks before season. And, but, uh, long story short, I got it figured out. I, uh, was shooting the day six Evo X's. And then uh-huh. I'm like, if I, if I just, and I, and I can get those to shoot just fine, but I'm like, I'm just going to go back to the basic. I'm going to go to a smaller broadhead. So I went with, with the regular Evos and, uh, went to a stiffer spine, went to a helical, more mm-hmm. helical. I'm like, I'm going to do everything I can building wise and material wise to get these things to fly perfect. And then, um, you fast forward like a day before season, I'm smoking shit at like 80 yards, just thumping stuff in there. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm like, oh man, I cut my teeth on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, oh yeah, came in close. But so, t- talk me through, because um, I'm glad I called you because I I'm like, man, I don't think I'm underspined. But based off of your system, I was underspined. So walk me through, um, walk me through what you were thinking as you were trying to help me out. Kind of your side of of looking at my issue here, because I want guys to help learn from what I was kind of going through this year as I was working through it. Yeah. So. Uh it's a little complicated to explain just because, uh, 
it's, I mean, you have to run the calculations to find it out. Um, I haven't looked at right. one of the charts that gold tip has, uh, man, two years, year and a half, at least. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't even reference it because it's just, from what I've seen, it's not even close to being on. It's, I think we mentioned this before. It's kind of in the, in the ballpark ish. It's a good place to start, but mm -hmm. the, the biggest thing that, that I think that people could do if they're having issues, um, number one is to kind of get your bow set up correctly with, uh, those arrows. And so, um, you know, you, you said you were having problems and it's funny because I know you're a super technical guy and you're a super big, uh, arrow nerd along with myself, but it's mm -hmm. tough when it's your own stuff, you know, when you're working on your own stuff and you're like, you're shooting and you're like, I know I'm a better shot than this. And it's like, <laughs> it's not, it's never the equipment. It's always you, you know, you always think I, there's something I'm doing wrong, but yeah, when yeah. you change everything, it, you, <laughs> when you change anything, you change everything. And uh, the, the biggest thing you can do is to, to step back and kind of go through everything again, you know, and it, it doesn't take long, but it is, you know, everybody, including myself, we always try to jump to, oh, I can just do this and I'm good. I can just do this and I'm good. If you, if you just take a step back and kind of start going through things. And so, you know, with your bow and kind of everybody's bow, uh, the way I do it as well is, you know, go back, measure your center shot, see where your center shot is. And that's basically measuring from the inside of your, um, uh, inside of your riser to the center of your arrow. And then yeah. that should be about 13 sixteenths. Get that set. Yeah. And then go back, uh, shoot through paper, take some other measurements, you know, like your axle to axle, make sure that it's correct. Measure your brace height. Um, most of that stuff should be on or very close to it. No bow is ever going to be exactly perfect. There's too many variables with all these things, but mm -hmm. get it close. Um, like I said, 13, 16 on your center shot and then, uh, step back, shoot through paper, uh, try to get your bullet hole at about three yards, get a bullet hole. Um, and then if you're not getting your bullet hole, try to do it, try to make your adjustments either, uh, with a yoke system you know, twisting your yokes or moving your top hat. And uh, I don't even really want to get into, you know, which one you need to move or anything like that. Because if, if you don't know, then your bow shop should be doing it. But the, the big thing right. is, <laughs> the big thing is, well, oh, good. Or no, 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 keep going. I don't want to interrupt you. Okay. Jump in though. I mean, if, if you hear something, because well, I like having the back and uh, forth with you. Yeah, you're you're bringing me to a point where, like, you know, it's always it's always good to get an outsider's perspective when you're when you're, and like you said, it's always harder for me to work on my my shit because uh, I, sometimes you're you know it's like a puzzle. Sometimes you're too close to yeah. it. And you just have to step back, and so after I was like, okay, I'm 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 missing something here. Obviously, I'm overlooking something, and and so I started at seven eighths on my center shot. Uh -huh. And then I worked towards three, um, 13 sixteenths, and then I went out to an inch, and I'm like, okay, what the hell's going on here? And then I ended up being inside of 13 sixteenths, just a hair. Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm like, so I, I uh, and then that's at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm getting better tears here, but I'm like, should I really be that far inside? So I, I uh, texted Corey, and he's like, why are you worried about it if you're getting perfect arrow fly? <laughs> it's like, you're, you're worried about a 16th, maybe not even a 16th of an inch. And, and he's like, I sent a picture of my cams and the way that it was um, shimmed, it was it was shimmed perfectly for way, the way that he tuned his bow. Uh -huh. And um, and I'm like, why, why am I worried about that? Like, why? 
I'm like, why don't I just let the bow tell me what it wants and then just do that, you know? So I was trying to force the bow into tuning into a way that it didn't want to be tuned just because I would, I didn't like that my arrow was a little inside um, of what should have been, to me, center shot. But um, it tuned right up when I just started following, you know, what the paper tune was telling me. Yeah. And I always break it down into, into a few different categories. Is it me? Is it, you know, is it the shooter? Is it the arrow? Or is it the bow? And, you know, form could do it. Uh, proper arrow setup or improper arrow setup could do it. And then the bow proper improper setup could do it. And uh, if you can fix one of those three things at a time, you don't have to eat them all in the same bite, but you just make sure your form's good, first of all. Because yeah. if you're trying to do all this shit and your form's not right... You, you might as well just have somebody else do it for you. And then you're going to have to probably redo it a little bit when you're ready to shoot. But just making sure that you're doing your part as the shooter is number one. And then I start with the bow and then I start with the arrows kind of, kind of in that, in that order. So typically, you know, my form doesn't really change. I, I feel pretty good about my shooting process and mm -hmm. the way that I can shoot a bow. So typically it's number one, it's the bow. And then number two, you sh I start with the arrow. Um, what's your process there in, in is there any, anything that you want to expand on there? Yeah. So like I said, I mean, I would go with the, the bow first, but you're, you're right. I, yeah. I started out with the bow first, but I would go back to your form. And when I'm shooting and something's not going right, um, I almost, I step back as, as an arrow builder or, you know, being able to tune my own bow, I step mm -hmm. back and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot this one perfect and I'm going to prove to myself that it's not me. And so I do everything perfect. And it's almost the, the fake it till you make it where I'm like, all right, I draw back. I have equal pressure on the, on my front grip, um, across the back. I'm not, you know, I've never been, it's not comfortable for me to put a death grip on the riser. So I've never had a problem with that, but you know, draw back, I get everything perfect. I get my, uh, peep and, uh, sight centered perfectly. I put it right on the target and it's, mm -hmm. it's like a, a forced, you know, it's not me. I'm going to prove that it's not me. And I'm going to shoot all these exact, exactly the same. And sometimes that cleans right. it up. Um, and everybody gets a little, uh, I almost don't even want to say target panic, but everybody gets a little jumpy, let's say, or they get stuck low or they get stuck high, usually stuck low for me. But, um, when I, when I'm going through this process of trying to figure out what's going on, um, I, I drop back and I'm, you know, I'm now proving myself that the bow is fine or that I'm shooting mm -hmm. it correctly. And I do these like, you know, getting everything centered and all that. And then when I'm looking at it, if I am having a little bit of a jumpiness or target panic, as they say, uh, I think of the fiber as the back of my knock. And so when I'm looking down there at the, at the site and I'm looking at my, my little pin, I pretend that that's the back of the knock and I'm looking at where I had just shot that arrow. And so I pull back, I put that knock right on the center of where I'm trying to hit and, and just slowly let my finger, you know, do the work. I don't shoot a, a back tension release or a thumb release. Mm -hmm. I just have a, uh, it's a, a chicken wing, which is, I love it. It's a true fire chicken wing, but yo, you like the chicken. I wing. love the chicken. <laughs> wing. I hate that. I hate uh, that one. Uh, oh, we were my friends gosh, right my buddy. then. I'll talk to you later. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my, uh, my buddy went to the chicken wing and I tried it one year cause he was dealing with target panic. Yeah. And so he went to the chicken wing and now I'm like, dude, this thing has fucking trigger creep for days. Does yours have trigger creep at all? Cause you his could, was like horrible. You can adjust the, the length of the draw. Dude, his was, and I actually his was do that. Horrible. That's, that's part of the reason I like it. So the reason I like it 
is as soon as that thing breaks, it's gone. Like the, the regular jaws, um, like the, the lower cost ones, as you pull it, as you pull that trigger, the jaws slowly open. And if mm -hmm. you pull it at different rates, it'll release the string differently. Um, mm. But the, the break of the, of the chicken wing is like uh, a sear, like on a gun. So as soon as you start pulling it, when it hits that spot, it releases all at once. Mm -hmm. And you can adjust you can adjust the travel of it, but you can't adjust the tension of it. So I will intentionally mm -hmm. mess with mine. And so I'll set it a little hotter or a, a little bit longer on the draw um, just to keep myself. Uh, I, I don't like to have a surprise release because then that makes me even more jumpy. But if I know that, you know, mm -hmm. when I get that pin set on there and I'm looking at target, I'm pretending the pin is the back of my knock. And as soon as I start touching that trigger and I'm just thinking my, my finger now is touching it and it's going to release in the next two or three seconds. Um, that's all I worry about. And then just slowly hmm. pull back and let it drop. Uh, the other thing I like is that, and I know this isn't the only one, but the, the hook on it, I don't like the claws because you have to look down to hook it, but I can put the chicken wing on without looking at it. Just kind of feel the D loop with my thumb and then hook the, the hook on it and then yep. pull back and release so yeah I, i'm the same way that's why i don't like caliper releases is because yeah. it's 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 kind of harder to get it without looking but with just a little practice on the open claw it's 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 super easy yeah what release are you but, shooting um it's funny you ask i was i all year hunting this year i was using a wrist rock i went back to my uh my favorite um after i was done with that true fire that cheap 35 40 dollar one yeah. i've been using um, caliper release. I went back to my, uh, favorite, which is the short and sweet, uh, actually the short and sweeter and, uh, shot that. And I, I shot that hog or no, I shot that hog with the cheap release. Um, I shot that bull using the, uh, short and sweeter mm -hmm. and you know, I had decent shot execution, but you know, driving home and you know, even after the bulls in the back of the truck driving home, I was like, I just, I just knew it wasn't a great shot execution. Mm -hmm. um, I was, I went back home and I was watching the video over and over and over again. Not of me shooting the bull, just of me shooting. Yeah, just yeah. Of the shot execution, I'm like, ah, man, I'm like that. And then I, I went back and I watched the one where I shot my pig, and I'm like, not great, you know. <laughs> like definitely, definitely room for improvement here. And so, um, and, and what I'm looking at is my elbow just. It's it's almost a action instead of a kind of a like you know you should be surprised by the shot you know in my shooting process I don't know when it's going to go off I know about when kind of yeah. like what you were talking about yeah and and you you get that break you get that separation of your of your arms and your muscles and your back contracts and I just I was getting that a little bit but I wasn't getting that where I was completely getting that separation because I was anticipating the shot which told me that I was I was dealing with a little bit of tip target panic there. Uh -huh. And I'm like, I, I just, I don't, I, I want to cut this off before it becomes an issue. Even though I was executing good shots, um, the shot execution just wasn't where I wanted it to be. So I, I, I just moved back to my hinge two days ago. And um, I'm already, I'm already, yeah. You're locked into it now. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be shooting it uh, for hunting uh, blacktail this year's. And, and, and even though I, I did, you know, put that arrow really close to where I wanted on that bowl. I mean, it was about three inches, seven o'clock of where I was aiming, uh -huh. um, which isn't a lot, but on an animal, that's quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it just bothered me. Cause I'm like, man, you know, I know, I know where my pen was like, 
that's not where my pin was. And, and, (laughs) and it had to be something that I did on the shot to cause that. And if I was getting a better shot execution, I I would be shooting behind my pin in my opinion. Yeah. And, um, you know, shooting, shooting that far, I shot 80 yards and shooting that far with a broadhead, you know, could it have been a little bit of a loss of accuracy? Yeah, probably very, very, very possible. That's a long ways to shoot with a broadhead, but I, I felt like where I was shooting, um, earlier, I'm like, I, I know where my pin was and I have a confidence in my tune that that arrow should have been right there. Those arrows were just pounding earlier with broadheads. Yeah. So back, yeah, I'm back, I'm back to the hinge, man. I'm, I I just, it's just way more fun shooting a bow when your shot execution is just almost automatic with that thing. And I can just turn my brain off and just enjoy shooting a bow. Yeah. You know, they talk about a surprise release, but I think as you described it, I think it's more of a, just a natural release. So if it feels like you're not jumping or you're not, you're not pushing a button or you're not, you know, using your thumb, if it just, if everything just happens in slow motion and you don't, it feels like part of what you're doing and part of, part of you, then I think it's a good release. I, like I I was saying, I was up at Bass and Buck shooting that kind of tournament and I I shot one and it was, it hit where it was supposed to. I turned around and uh, the guys I was shooting with, I was like, Oh, that, that sucked. That was terrible. They're like, but it hit where you want, and it's like, yeah, but oh man, that yeah, felt. I, I am that. Yeah, I was like, I'm that same way. I was almost to the point where I was like, don't give me any eleven on that one. I was, I didn't say that, <laughs> but it, it was, it was in my mind. Yeah, I'll yeah, you know, I've, I've, I, I get made fun of because I'll make, uh, you know, every once in a while I'll make a good shot at, at a three D thing, and uh-huh. it's, it's just, it's, it's in there, man. It's, it's a twelve or it's a whatever yeah. the highest score is for that shoot. And I'm just bitching about it. And they're like, "Why, dude?" They're like, "Dude, they're like, dude, shut the hell up." I'm like, "No, no, no, no. You don't understand. It didn't break, and I did my. I didn't do my job as a shooter. Just yeah. because the pin was there when when the bow went off doesn't mean I did my job, yeah. right? So, I I totally get it. And I even I, I go to as far as is 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 trying to see, just trying to prove that it's me. Because yeah. with the with the cal or with the short and sweet. Um, I was shooting in with my BTX and this is, I'm, I'm going to throw the BTX under the bus here (laughs) again, but before the BTX, um, and during shooting my BTX before it blew up on me, uh, a bunch, (laughs) it, uh, you know, my shot executions between my hinge and my caliper were identical. There was no change in Mm -hmm. impact depending on those releases. When I started shooting my evoke, there was about a three to four inch change. Um, my hinge would shoot, three or four o'clock about three to four inches that way of my caliper release and i'm like okay what's going on here and so i went to the range today i shot around didn't shoot very good when i say around i shot the vertical three spot Mm -hmm. and um i just my stamina is completely gone after the fifth round i was like like a fat kid holding a donut dude i was so i was shaking so bad (laughs) it was just horrible yeah but i still managed to shoot like a 287 with like a 6x which guys are thinking that's like that's shit i know it's fine it's first three spot of the year people yeah give me a break but um i i punched it on purpose on one shot i'm like i just want to see here before i started shooting i'm like i'm gonna punch it on this one i'm gonna have it right on i'm gonna punch it and wouldn't you know i hit three to four inches uh you know, nine to 10 o'clock. And I'm like, that makes sense. That means I was punching the trigger when I had that caliper release uh-huh. because it's reacting the same exact way as when I had that caliper release. And so I wasn't pulling through my shots. And that to me proved it right there when I wasn't actually executing a shot proper 
um, I would hit identical to where my caliper was. Yeah. So that's, that's a good tip um, though. Like when I go shoot, like I said, I shoot for three or four hours testing different things. Um, I'm mm-hmm. testing veins now. I'm testing, uh, different shafts, different broadheads, you know, stuff like that. Um, and when I'm shooting as I keep shooting and the hours kind of start rolling on, I'm looking for how I'm going to break down. And I think that that's a mm-hmm. good thing for people to, to look at because when I was in the stand shooting my first buck, um, you know, the guys were joking with me about just, I think intentionally trying to put thoughts in my head about, you know, I've seen guys, <laughs> they get buck fever so bad they can't even pull the bow back. You know what I'm like? I just oh, added three pounds to my bow and I could pull it back fine. It's, uh, I have a Bowtech Realm SS and when I cranked it up cause it was 63 and when I cranked it to 66, I actually thought that I, I didn't know if I'd gone the right way. I mean, I couldn't tell mm-hmm. a difference. And so I was like, uh, you know, they're, they're telling me this and all in my back of my head, all I'm thinking is, Oh God, I hope I get the bow back. You know? <laughs> Cause I would never uh-huh. hear the end of it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, so as you're shooting long hours, be conscious that you're going to have, you're going to break down. Your form is going to break down and try to, to realize when that happens and what's different from, you know, when you first start shooting, when you, when you're at the end and when you're shooting like crap. And what I do uh, is instead of, you know, having good posture and having my, you know, hands kind of up by my shoulders, I start slouching over and my hands are further away from my body. And, you know, Mm. it's harder to, to pull the bow back like that. It's harder to hold the bow like that. But when I, as I realize what I'm doing, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm shooting bad now. You know, what is different right now than, than earlier? And look for these mm-hmm. things because, um, you know, when you're out and it's hot out, uh, like now it's 90, um, or you're, you're in a competition or something like that shooting, it's good to be able to figure out, I'm shooting like crap. Oh, it, I'm probably slouching now or I'm not, I don't have my hands yeah. up. I don't have my head back. You know, I, I start dropping my head into my peat, things like that. Um, it's good to figure that out, but, uh, going back. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. Cause when I was started getting tired, um, you know, I, I, I had lost about how three to five points in the first half of the round Mm -hmm. and, um, or whatever you, you know, first five sets or whatever the hell you call it. I'm not a target. <laughs> and, uh, I, I drop you know, a few points, but I was still shooting, you know, above a two ninety. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty good for your first, you know, first night back out. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then I started just blowing the target out at seven o'clock on my second two targets. And I, 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 I was getting tireder and tireder and, and I just completely, if that X was right there, man, I would have shot like a 300 because I just started blowing the shit out of that seven o'clock spot just outside of the 10. Yeah. And I'm like, I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm going to build muscle here and I'm just going to focus on executing good shots. I'm not, you know, not going to completely worry about just my shop kind of my, my muscles breaking down. I'm going to, I'm going to act like this is a workout. And yeah. So I'm just trying to build the muscle back and I, I, I could identify what the problem was. You know, it was me as the shooter and I was, my shot process was not breaking down mm-hmm. my body, like my, my muscles were. And so my shoulder was starting to creep up a little bit and then I was dropping my arm right at the last second. It, it's fine, but I'm, um, I'm just going to deal with that for probably another week or two until my muscles start getting better. But I'm just going to focus mentally on keeping, keeping the pin where it needs to be and, and keep pulling and, and shooting, you know, the shot process. But sure. Um, it really sucks when you used to be able to shoot like 
three or four complete rounds. So you'd shoot, I don't know, there's three arrows, so there's 30. You know, you'd shoot 60, 90, 120 arrows a night, and you're, like, tired after uh, 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard so. I heard somebody say that uh, you will you always shoot the best right before hunting season. So, you know, you're shooting all summer and everything like that. And then yep. the, the moment you start spending all your time in a stand, that's when everything goes to crap. And then, you know, yeah. you try to start into indoor season. But yeah, I, I try and keep, I try and keep the edge sharp, uh, throughout season. So I, you know, if anybody ever sees me in the woods, you know, you, you, you know what you see in the back of my truck, it's a Reinhardt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I drive, I mean, I, it, it's always there. And when I'm, you know, I am not seeing anything or if I have a second, I am shooting an arrow at the Reinhardt 30, 40, 50 yards, whatever it may be even if it's right before I go walk out a road or go on a hunt, I'm always trying to get that last rep in or that last thing, but it's still nowhere near shooting a hundred to 200 arrows a night. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's shooting 20, 30 arrows a week versus, you know, a thousand arrows a week or whatever it may be. So there's a, there's a difference there, but yeah. So, um, it's, it's just, I don't know how we got on shot processes, (laughs) but. Oh, uh, we're talking about, uh, your original question was, you know, you had, you were shooting the wrong spine and, but you couldn't figure out what oh. was going wrong with it. But, uh, yeah, I have no idea how I remembered that, but I'm, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the other thing. So, like I said, go through your shot process, try to prove, you know, this, this third person, whoever it is, try to prove them wrong. It is not me. I'm doing, you know, everything is where it should be. And I'm shooting correct. You know, make sure that you're doing everything correct. And then, uh, the next thing that I do is look at your bow because things change on it. Um, Mm -hmm. I found out that on my way up to Wisconsin, my sight got bumped. I I wasn't traveling with a a hard sided case. I had my soft sided case with me, but you know, we had, yeah, yeah. we had, uh, the the (laughs) TJ's truck was packed. So we had all kinds of stuff with us, you know, 80% of it we probably didn't even touch, but we got to bring all your gear. Um, but we had all that stuff in there. And then when I got there, um, we threw out the, the target and we were like, ah, oh, you know, it's just, it's night. We got there late at night and we were like, let's sling a few arrows. And, um, I was like, ah, oh, I'm good. You know, I'm, I know I'm on, uh, but I got out my bow and we were just shooting a few arrows and I was high at like 20 yards and I was, you know, six inches mm-hmm. high at 20 yards. And I was like, what is that all Holy about? Sucks. And so what site were you using? Uh, this is the apex four pin. It's, okay. I love, yeah. I love the site, but it's not an expensive site. And I'd say it's a cheaper site. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like it because yeah. it's, uh, I like four pins because I have 20, 30, 40, and then that slider. And so when I mm-hmm. center everything, I, I know that I have those yardages and then I can shoot from 20 all the way up to, with my current setup, all the way up to 105. And so um, mm. it's, I love it, but it, honestly, it, it's not as durable as I think it could be. I replaced a lot of the, the screws on it with stainless steel screws and stainless steel uh, set screws um, just mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, mainly that the small wrenches that they use to make those adjustments or to loosen or tighten something. Um, when you use a small Allen wrench in a regular steel set screw, it'll round it out. So mm. these stainless steel ones are much harder and uh, you get better uh, ability not to, to round those out. But anyway, so I, I just moved my sight down. I shot, um, I shot a couple because I was like, maybe, maybe it's me, you know, maybe I'm just tired. So I shot and you know, I had arrows touching, and I was like, but they're high. And I was like, that's strange. And so, um, made the adjustment, 
I'm sorry, they were low, six inches low, made the adjustment, just rolled my sight down, shot, and they were dead on. And it was super late. We were hunting early next morning, but I was shooting consistently. And so I was like, this, this will work. I just don't know why everything's weird now. And then, um, when I got back, I went out and shot at the range and it was the same thing. It was about six inches low. And I ended up moving my sight down almost, uh, it was probably a quarter of an inch. I don't think it was quite much more than that, but, uh, ended up moving down that much. And that's a huge adjustment. But I noticed that, you know, when I'm shooting at a hundred yards, I know about how much clearance I have from the top of my veins to my sight and it was on. So somehow it, it got moved. Um, like I said, I, I don't really know other than just it got bumped during the, uh, when we were moving yeah. up there. So I don't know. But I, you know, I've, I've had change of impacts just from sighting in over here. Um, and I'm about an hour and a half from the coast and then we'll go shoot, uh, over at the coast in the morning, early in the morning. And it's just super dense fog, yeah. super like almost misty. And everybody at the shoot that came, everybody at the shoot, pretty much everybody was shooting low that day. Yeah. And just the air difference and, and how thick the air was just actually changed the point of impact for everybody. Yeah. It had um, dragged your arrows for sure. I mean, trying to cut through, yeah. through that density. And I mean, you can look at uh, rifle rounds, you know, you can, wherever you zero your rifle at, you need to know that altitude so that if you go higher or lower that you can make adjustments that you need to. And I think it's the mm-hmm. same thing with arrows too. But uh, the other thing, right. so once you're, you know, focused on, it's not me, you know, you go out and shoot multiple days. Uh, I've had people that um, they would call me because I, I ship a, a bear shaft with um, as one of the arrows. If I'll ask somebody, do you want a, one of these to be a bear shaft? So you can use do bear shaft tuning. I think that's super important, especially, you know, for shooting with broadheads. And so, um, you know, go out and shoot that, uh, shoot your arrows, but do it on different days, you know, go out and shoot because you'll get tired. And I had a guy that was shooting he was like, man, my bear shaft is shooting way right of the other ones. And, you know, I, I it's hot out. I, I don't want to mess with it anymore, but I just was letting you know or something. And then the next day he went out and shot and he was like, I was just tired. This thing's hitting dead on where it's supposed to. I don't know what was going on, but I'm, you know, it's fine <laughs> now. And it's just because you're yeah. tired. It's the same thing with setting your sight. Like I, I try to go out and shoot. I go out and shoot. I get a, a sight tape and then uh, I'll go back out and shoot, modify that sight. Five to seven trips for me to be comfortable with my sight tape. Uh, just because mm. the air density, like you said, uh, if it's getting ready to rain, if the wind is blowing a little bit, um, if I'm tired, if, you know, something just to get that consistency because you don't want to really set everything off of one trip. So know that it's a process. Uh, but so you have your, you know, it's, you know, it's not you, you've gone through, I would, uh, set your center shot, set everything on your boat to where it should be shoot through paper, get a bullet hole, um, make the changes. Like I said before, to your yokes or to your top hat. Um, and if you, if you don't know how to do that, take it to your bow shop. When you shoot it through paper, um, and there's a little bit of a tear to it. They may want to try to adjust your rest. I wouldn't do that yet. I would try to adjust it with your yokes first. Uh, it's a little more work, but, um, for tuning later, I think it's super important. So, right. I, I like to get the big adjustments out with the bow and yeah. then get the micro adjustments out with the rest. Absolutely. Um, That's it's the gross adjustments are your, your yokes. And then like you were saying, yeah. yours is like seven eighths and it wasn't 13 sixteenths. It's, it was, uh, I started at seven eights and then went to 13 sixteenths yeah. and then, and then, um, was just shooting all sorts of different arrows, went to one inch 
And then, because somebody's like, try one answer. I'm like, all right, I'll try it. And then I, I'm like, that's not it. And then I went inside of 13 sixteenths after I talked to Corey. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, that's my bow likes it just inside 13 sixteenths. I'm like, I'm going to do what your bow's doing. Yeah. And then immediately just bowl holes. Fine. And so, yeah. 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 Just, I just was trying to force it out. You know, it's just a matter of this is what's worked for me in the past. This is what should work. But the brace sight was shorter than like the last four bows I've owned. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it was just, it was just in that, I haven't shot a PSE in, in six years, mm-hmm. seven years. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it just been a while and I just wasn't listening to the bow. I mean, it was just being, I was just being an idiot. So <laughs> well, like straight you, up, like we said, you know, it's when it's, when it's our own equipment or something going on with it, you know, mm-hmm. we space it. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, I had the same thing when, with my sight, I had to step back and be like, something's up. And when I was shooting that and it was low, uh, I was like, I'm going to shoot a few more arrows. And I tore up to it. Well, I just knocked a vein off and I busted a knock, but I run pin knock. So it was fine off of an arrow just mm-hmm. to prove to myself that like, I'm going to keep shooting this and make sure that that's consistent. Cause if I shot and it was low one time and it was high another time and it was right another mm-hmm. time, something is bad going on. But if it's just, I'm hitting the same point, it's just low. Then that's not as big of a deal. Something is just weird. So I check my timing, you know, uh, that's a big thing. Check your timing because that'll throw your arrow up or down. Um, it'll also mess up your paper tune. But, uh, the other thing that you could do. So back to your case, like where you were shooting the wrong spine, a way that you could figure out if you're doing that is to change the point weights. Um, so, you know, normally everybody shoots a hundred grain field point, hundred grain broadhead in general. Uh, there's a lot of people that shoot 125s in general um and have a field point that's heavier than that and have a field point that's lower than that and then if you can go out like in your case if you were shooting something and you were way underspined if you shot that with a 100 grain point and you're hitting your target and it's like a shotgun and you're like what is going on with this thing put a 75 in there and if you would have shot that your groups would have tightened up and if you saw that happening then you would be like your instant you know your mind should jump to, I need a stiffer spine because it's the less point weight you have on your arrow, the stiffer it makes your spine. Mm -hmm. So in my case, when I added weight to the front of mine, it weakened my spine, but I shot better groups. So it was okay for me to add weight to my uh, bow and, you know, bring my speed up a little bit. So I think there's little things you could do like that. Oh, absolutely. Or you could add, um, you know, a wrap and a night, a lot, a lighted knock. Yeah. I don't know what that was. <laughs> and, um, and, in and maybe bigger veins to add more weight or, or there's a lot of things you can do to the back of your arrow too. Yeah. Um, you know, to change the, to stiffen the spine, if you're wanting to stiffen it up too. I mean, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people really forget about the back end of your arrow as well. And, and I went from everything from, spin testing all my arrows to, I mean, I, I was just taking these arrows apart and I'm like, it's, you know, I'm like, it's, I can't figure, figure out what it be. This, this should be the spine. And then after calling you, I was like, okay, maybe <laughs> Kyle, Kyle's probably right here. So I, I mean, you need an intervention yeah, those, is what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I just needed someone to be like, dude, quit forcing yeah, it. Like, yeah. Buy the stiffer spine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it, it's really tough to do that. But I, I think that there's a lot that people can do in general. So, in, you know, they don't, I appreciate when they come to me because, uh, I figure all the stuff out for them. I have guys that, you know, Hey, I'm getting a new bow. Is there anything I need to do with these arrows now because of this? And I'm like, no, you're fine because of this, this, and this. 
everything should be mm-hmm. cool. And they're like, great. So I'll take care of it. Uh, the other thing that I can offer is, you know, the build quality. So I go through and um, I try to build the best arrows that I possibly can. Um, not only that, but I, I spine align everything. So the arrows are consistent one to the next, but commercial over um, what, what people can do if they're just curious and they want to make sure that they're shooting the right thing is, is play with that point weight. I think Dudley uh, has mentioned before about, you know, adding a turn or taking a turn off of your bow to increase or decrease your, your poundage of your bow. And I think that's obviously a great idea. I mean, there's no way you, you could say Dud was wrong on anything. Oh, maybe you could, mm-hmm. but in this case, he's dead on in a lot of things he is, but um, it, it's harder for people to add that, that three turns and then pull back with either more or less force and shoot consistently, I think. But, you know, throwing an extra, a different point on there, it's the other thing you can do if you do that is like when I'm doing it, I just put them in my quiver and I don't put them in any certain order. And when I pull them out, I intentionally don't look at the end of it. I just draw back and shoot it. And then I go out to the target, you know, 50 or 60 yards, a distance that you're comfortable shooting and see which one group the best. And then uh, try all those and shoot them again see if they group the same. And then try all the different ones. Mix it up and really just start playing with it and know that uh, something will lead you down the right path. So I think that that's mm-hmm. a good way to kind of figure out if you're shooting and you're shooting bad, uh, you know, check your form, check your bow, and then play around with your arrows and see if maybe uh, something's uh, changed or maybe there's a, a better way that you could be shooting or a better arrow you could be shooting. Right. No, I, I totally agree. And, and if anybody's ever wondering, well, you know, what if I'm too stiff or too weak, I'd rather be too stiff, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's, I don't know if anybody will agree with that, but <laughs> you can change. I think you can, you can easily add enough to, to bring a stiffer spine in, but it's really hard to bring a, a weaker spine. Stiffer. Yeah. It's also safer. <laughs> if you're shooting like a 400, there's only so much you could cut off that arrow until it, you know, you're kind of holding it up with your right. thumb or something as you're shooting it. But uh, yeah. the difference is like it, with a really, really stiff spine, you'll shoot it and uh, at distance, you'll have a good group and you'll have one or two flyers and you'll think, oh, I pulled it on that one. That's true. A, a super stiff spine is a less uh, forgiving arrow. But like you said, there's a lot of reasons why you'd want to shoot a, a, an overly stiff spine rather than a spine that's too weak. I mean, just the first thing is safety because you don't want to blow up an arrow by shooting a, a spine that's way too weak. I mean, I've, I've had people that uh, send me an email and I go through their, their setup for them and we're talking about arrows. And if I run their spine and it's bad, man, I'll, I've had to tell, I bet three or four people I've had to tell, you really shouldn't ever shoot those again. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, I got, you know, a 30 inch draw and I'm pulling 70 pounds and I got this 500 spine arrow and it's like, oh, oh God, Jesus. yeah. <laughs> What's your number? I need to call you right now. But um, yeah. You better up your insurance policy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am not responsible um, for anything you sent me. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of want to pick your brain here because you've been you've been building a lot of arrows for folks. What's been your number one arrow this year? Uh, the Axis, probably. Uh, so ninety five percent of everything I built this year has been either a Rampage or an Axis, and I bet I built more Axis than Rampages. Uh, that no they're surprise. pretty close, but I would say it's probably the 60 40 axis uh over the rampages but um when when i'm looking at something um like if somebody comes to me i I, 
like I said, I was just running the guy's numbers here. And um, I try to keep people above 270 feet per second um, just because I think it's a good zone not to have too much drop. Uh, it's just a number to try to hit. 260 is, is fine too, but, you know, I, I try to keep people above 270 um, just because shot placement's number one. Yeah, this year is the sh slowest I've shot since I started bow hunting. Because um, back, even back when I was shooting four, I think it was four or five or four ten. I didn't, I didn't know anything. Yeah, I was still shooting like two sixty. Actually, I might have been shooting two fifty two. It was an old like ninety four PSC Carroll Intruder or whatever year the PSC Carroll Intruder two came out. It was like a nineties bow. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I was shooting super slow and. Uh, but I was shooting 261 this year with a 515 grain um, total overall weight. And that's the slowest I've shot in a long time, but that's about as light as I could get with, with Brian's system. And and with with the heavier arrows, you know, I like to be around 280 mm -hmm. is where I like to be. Speed-wise, yeah. But with, yeah, but with the with the heavier arrows, you actually don't have as much shed velocity as you would with a lighter arrow. So there's, there is kind of a silver lining yes. um, for, for the heavy arrow guys there. Shed velocity means, you know, for guys that don't know, means that you're not losing speed as quickly. Basically, it's like your it's like the ballistic coefficient of a bullet. It's like your air, your bullet's going to keep going faster, longer. Right. Basically. It's, so uh, another example is a uh, ping pong ball. So if you really throw a ping pong ball hard, you know, you can't throw it 20 feet. But if you throw a baseball, even though it's heavier, it maintains its velocity because of its momentum. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, that's a, that's a good example, too. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, I would say that that's, the axis was number one. The rampage was two, and then uh, you know, victory and uh, a few others kind of tossed in there. Gold gold tip is still a popular one. Um, I'm surprised you built that many gold or the uh, victories um, after hearing. Look, get in. Let's get into the spin testing the arrows, all the all the uh, ones that you've been spin testing and stuff. I'm surprised that you were building that many TKOs after our conversation. Yeah, um, so uh, I have arrows that I'm not as as happy with i don't like building this much uh i don't want to throw any arrow manufacturer under the bus i'm not sponsored <laughs> by anybody for sure lord knows that'd be nice um but yeah so i built my own spine gauge um it's as accurate as i can imagine just because of the results that i'm seeing you know it's like uh having a, an accurate tape measure you could see a lot of variation or whatever but so with the with the rampage as well as the axis when I put it on there and I add the weight to it, um, I can rotate it around and the, the dimension or the, the spine, uh, doesn't change much. It's usually plus or minus 5,000 and that's really good. Um, and I've seen that, like I said, with the rampage, black eagle rampage, um, the Easton axis, the Easton injection is really good. That is probably one of the top ones that I've seen. That's been just completely in fact, I, I did about six, and I barely saw two or three thousand. Yeah, uh, I really like the Easton injections, yeah. and those are the arrows I shot when I tried breaking the record. Was the Easton injections, and um, they're just they're just fantastic. I, I really like those arrows. I don't like deep six. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. that's what I was gonna say. Is I I love these arrows. They're great, but I just don't think that uh, the inserts that are available for the 166, 165 are that good. I mean, even like the, the X impacts are from black Eagle are good arrows, but I'm not a fan of the insert that comes with them. Um, I not a fan of the deep six system. I think that Easton, uh, did a good job with that hit hit insert. And then the, 
uh, you know, the deep six is available from a lot of things, but like you said, it's just, it's like, once you do that, you're, it's VHS or beta almost, you know, you're, you're kind of set. You have to keep using it. They do make a component, I believe, but it's super expensive for the components to do standard um, heads to deep six. Yeah. From a deep six, but yeah. Yeah. But then that's like, why, why, Yeah, (laughs) you know, it's like, that's just more money. And then uh, the 166, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the inserts. The 204, which is the the axis of the rampage or, um, you know, the FMJs, there's a lot of them out there. Uh, I I think that they just, they build a better arrow because they have uh, a thicker wall than a standard diameter arrow. So like a velocity has a super thin wall. Um, I know you're not a super big fan of those, are you? Of the thin, thin wall? Yeah, just the hunters and velocities. Yeah, I you know, I I like a durable arrow, and and I don't know how durable those would be. I mean, I know that Gold Tip has all the uh, torture tests that they do, where they yeah. put it in the machine and then they horseshoe their arrow and but stuff. But they do that but with a kinetic pierce. That's that is that what they do? Yeah, with? that's the trick. It's yeah. a super small arrow with a huge wall on it, and yeah. because you have such a small diameter arrow, it's you know it's like a big I beam or a small I beam. You're not getting as much force because that that lever arm isn't as big, um, you know, mm. from the center point of it out to where the actual compression or tension is taking place, uh, is smaller. So you have less tension, less compression on it. But, um, yeah, I think it's the kinetic uh, is a good, good, uh, arrow as well. Yeah. The, the, um, kinetic, uh, platinum pierce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I like that arrow. Yep. Um, I, I've seen guys have good success with that and, and I like the, com- I like the component system and everything they come with, but I mean, it's, I just don't like thin thin arrows. I just don't. Yeah. I just those, those deep six are the thickest ones I've ever shot, and I just feel like they're they're. I just feel like they have shoulders going down. You know, they're just a big muscular arrow. I mean, yeah. that's just in a, in a micro diameter, which I like too. So, I I just really you know the axis was was right there. Um, I like I like everything about the axis. It's it's my probably one of my favorite arrows mm-hmm. I've ever shot. Yep. The, five millimeter three three forty is old faithful for yeah, me. But it's a great arrow. Um, I like yeah, those those thinner diameter arrows, they just I don't want something brittle. I just and they are more brittle, I yeah, in my for opinion. Sure. I mean they are because it's it's the same thing where, you know, if you have a bigger diameter in there and you're still you know, you need yeah. to hang a weight on it and get a, a three hundred deflection and it's a bigger a bigger uh, I beam, that analogy makes any sense, then you're gonna need a thinner wall up there. So that's the reason that like some of these, you know, huge, like the tank, the carbon express tank, they're, they're super big, you know, the, the 27s and stuff, they have super thin walls, but they're like a 250 spine and they have no other choices because it is always going to be a lot stiffer of an arrow. But, right. uh, the victory that I had seen, I, I've measured a bunch of them. Um, I've built a bunch of them and there's guys that, that love them and I have nothing against that just the same as carbon express i'm not a huge fan of those but uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you brought that up because i was going there <laughs> i know you were but the, the victory i've actually you know put them on my spine gauge and put the weight on it and then slowly rotated it and seen a lot of uh change in those uh on the tkos uh the rip tkos yes uh yeah even the elite- those are a higher end yeah. Zap, right. Uh, on the elites, I saw that, and it was uh, when somebody asked for them. I, I, I offer other options, um, <laughs> but yeah. again, I mean, it's if somebody wants to shoot, 
I have to shoot green veins because I shoot green veins better. Yes, you do. And the reason you need those green veins is because it's a mental thing and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's like, well, I'll put green veins on them and we'll shoot victory and you'll shoot them straighter than anything that I could imagine. And it's just, right. I'm glad you said that because, you know, it is it is all what you have confidence in. Yeah. But at the same time, when you're paying for something and then you're not seeing it when you're spinning it or you're not seeing it during your build process. Yeah. And I'll go to the to the and I'm not a big fan of Carbon Express is some of their marketing yeah. strategies. I don't I don't agree with. I'm with you on that. Uh, you I know, know what they're, you're talking about. They're, yep. Yeah. Their weight forward um, bullshit is, is bullshit. Yeah. You know, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's got weight forward when you add the insert in. Yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. So you cut that thing in half. One half should be heavier than the other, and and they're both identical. Yeah, I'm like get the hell. Or out if of you here. measure so, the spine at the back and you measure the spine at the front, there should be a difference, and there's not. That's a problem, right? You know, but I don't know. Right. There's maybe there's more happening. That's only what what I've seen and a lot of other people have seen. But I, you know, maybe they're getting better. I don't know. I, I hate to to be mean to anybody, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I after that, I I have I have not shot or even purchased a a Maxima, and, and I know that I'm supposed to be the most un you know unbiased shooter uh, I can be, yeah. and, and I and I am, but I'm also kind of unforgiving when someone's slinging bullshit. You know? Like, yeah. Really? Come on now. Yeah. Like, let's 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 be honest here. What? I don't know. I, I don't want to get on my soapbox there, but so you're not, you, so you're spinning the TKOs and you're, and you're not getting as impressive spinning results with that. Was there any other arrows out? And, and by the way, I want to ask you another question about the VAPS mm-hmm. um, is they have that spine alignment line. Do they still have that on, on the label? Uh, that, that is there on the label. Uh, okay. So how accurate is that based uh, off of your, builds that is that's a good question and i'm trying to think of a nice way to put this <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily go off that 100 percent of the time i kind of already know the answer <laughs> to this question i just want the audience to know yeah <laughs> i would uh if you have a way of determining the spine of your arrows i would i would check the label with that i think it's a good way to put it um i've okay, never good. used it so the ones that i built up i built up for a guy and super nice guy and he's shooting them great, but um, he he messaged me after he got him, and he was like, "Man, what's going on? None of these are, you know, none of your spines are lined up with their spines." And I was like, "About that, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're not good, not good at all." And like I said, I mean, I, I rolled these things around, and and they were they were elite, so they were expensive arrows. And I, you know, like I said, this, this is a great guy. Um, and I'm sure he's shooting them great, but when I'd roll those things around, I could see where the weak points were and I could see where the, the stronger points of the, of the shaft were. And then I would look at the label and I never found a correlation to where the label was versus where those spots in the shaft were. And so I, I never could, cause I, I know for myself personally, I know about four different ways that I can find a spine. And so I've gone through and tested different ways to do it and see which way actually gives me the most consistent results. And, mm-hmm. uh, I checked those, those elites all four ways. And I never found a way that was consistently giving me the same spine that they were giving me, but. Right. And I know guys that have built those and, and that's why I asked is because it may be guys that are thinking that they're going to use that. I'll save you some time. 
roll them yourself or yeah. knock tune them yourself because it's not worth you're just going to save yourself time in the long run because you're going to be back wondering why you're getting eight out of ten arrows to shoot and you have four over there that are outside your group yeah you know so um i just you know that's another thing that's almost I, that's not as bad as the weight forward thing on the on the uh carbon express but uh, i feel like if you're al- using that alignment line maybe you're costing yourself a few arrows accuracy or you're costing yourself quite a bit of accuracy yep. and i b- totally believe that you are if you are doing that thing i think they're a good arrow um but i i also think that you need to make sure that you're doing your due diligence when you build those things too. Yeah. The, the other thing that I found uh, is just for people to keep an eye out for um, a lot of times you'll see, you know, like an axis or a rampage or an injection, they have kind of a dull finish. It doesn't look like the carbon that you're used to seeing on like a car hood, you know, that has the weave and all that stuff to it. Um, mm-hmm. If you see one with that weave on it, uh, be careful with that when you're starting to scrape veins off because usually that coating is not very thick and it's, it'll chip. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think it has any real structural value to it. I think it's more of a, a coating, maybe a, a graphics kind of thing to look to it, but be careful mm-hmm. with that. The, the, the victories have that and uh, carbon express has that. And both of those, I've seen that where, uh, guys will try to scrape off their own veins or if I'm doing it, uh, luckily I put a wrap on them, a nicely designed custom wrap commercial here. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I could put that over t- to seal that up and protect it. But if you're, if you're scraping that off and it breaks off that, as I call it, the candy coating, then you might have mm-hmm. some issues with your veins, uh, sticking to it as well. So, um, there's a yeah, lot of good, yeah. good stuff out there, but I would, I would stick with, uh, Black Eagle and Easton's at this point are some of the best that I've seen. Uh, and I, my experience is limited. So if you hear from uh, somebody else like a John Dudley or something like that, that has more experience with more arrows then uh, you know, yeah. take that into consideration he, as well. He's legit, but he's also sponsored by Easton. So you're not going to get, that is a hundred percent true. Yeah. I am not sponsored so. by anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I've said that so many times yeah. on the show. It's like, I don't care. I'm not sponsored by anybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I that's why a, I like talking to you is because you're yours about you're you know, I, and I've said this plenty of times on the show. I'm biased to what works. Yeah, and, and you building arrows, you don't have time to deal with what doesn't work. So I love talking to you about it. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a thing where if somebody calls me and they're saying, "Hey, I want to do this. I want to do that, and I want to do this. And I want to use this," and I'm like, I talk to him. I'm like, now this is something you need to take into consideration with it, and this is an option another option you could look at doing instead of using that, you know, um, I know like I built some arrows with, uh, the fire knock inserts and I have nothing but uh-huh. good things to say about those. Uh, they're, they're really good. Um, the ethics archery stuff. I'm not, I'm not buying into all the spinning parts of the broadhead, but yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know anybody that personally does either. Yeah. I've used them personally and I would never, ever suggest a spinning insert right. just because to me, uh, mine buzzed really loud. Uh-huh. Like it, I just, I didn't, I don't like any aspect of the spinning insert. That's just one, another room for error too, for failure. But um, yeah, if someone wants to go ahead and get a spinning insert, I, I suggest getting one that's just a regular stationary yeah. or static insert or whatever they call them. But yeah, um, their static inserts are really good. They're, uh, yeah. if they ever say you have to stand down uh, the end of a, of a shaft, 
oh my God, it, it'll take, I mean, I'm sure I lost a, a few months of my life off of it because that carbon dust, man, um, I actually worked at, uh, I'm here in Indianapolis. And when I was in college, I was an intern at a, I, Riley and Scott is named the company. They're not around anymore, but um, we had to sand some carbon from, they made IndyCar tubs at the time and then they made um, some other things. And I was working there. And man, when you would sand that carbon, oh God, I mean, you'd have a full Tyvek suit on, a huge respirator on, and I would sand for, you know, maybe an hour at the very most and take that thing off. And it was this thing, you know, you had red marks all over your face from the thing ceiling gets you and underneath your nose, you'd still have that, the carbon dust. That stuff is so fine. It's, oh, it's bad for you. But yeah, if you sand on those, you know, you wear a respirator or whatever you could find and, uh, outdoors get get some wind going to take care of that but they're they're good inserts they add a lot of foc uh the, the big thing to talk about on that though uh is if you are adding a lot on the front make sure that the spine can hold it there was i think the trend is kind of fading now but it was like a giant foc everybody has to have foc dude yep and it'll it'll always be around uh there's guys that you know take the ashby report uh he's a, a good guy he did a lot of good work i think um I think that there's different ways to do things on that though, but make sure that if, if you want to try it and you want to run it, make sure that you have a spine that's stiff enough to hold all that weight in the front. Uh, because when you're adding 200 grains to the front of it, before you put your insert on or before you right. point on, you need, you need a 250, you need a 200 spine. Uh, you know, make sure you're, you're safe with that and make sure that the arrow uh, won't be too weak with that. Cause that'll affect your trajectory and your uh, accuracy or precision to be more precise. Uh, right. For sure. it, and so some, some other signs that if you're having a weak spine here, um, cause we talked about paper tuning, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're going to have, uh, uh, certain tears mm -hmm. depending on weak, uh, depending on knock high, depending on knock low, depending on strong spine. Do you want to get into that for the paper tears and stuff? Or, um, is that going to be a little too in the, into the weeds here? Uh, honestly, I I've seen everything do everything. So seeing something that is either you know a lot of times you'll see like a left tear you need to use a stiffer arrow or if it's a right tear you need to have a a weaker arrow i just hit my headset sorry you need a, a weaker arrow but man i it's it's so crazy that i think that the best way to do it is is actually just to shoot distance and shoot the different field points on the front different weighted field points and then that'll really tell you more than, than that will. And it's more accurate to what you're going to be doing. So if you, if you shoot 60 yards and you shoot a better group with a lighter field point, you need a stiffer shaft. And if you shoot and you shoot a uh, heavier field points, you need a, a weaker shaft. I think I went both ways there, but um, yeah, that, that's, that's the results. You know, you don't shoot through paper for everything. I, I think shooting through paper is important just to check stuff. And I think it's important to, as a, a first step on the setup. But um, like I was saying a little bit earlier, uh, I asked people if they want one of the arrows to be a, a, a bear shaft, uh, just because I think that bear shaft tuning is super critical uh, with the broadheads. And that's something we could get into if you wanted to talk a little bit about that or what do you think? So your bear, your bear shaft tuning with the broadheads on there. No, you bear shaft tune with a, Oh, I thought I, I was like, wait what yeah that would be crazy no so yeah <laughs> so when your arrow comes out of your out of your bow if your feet if your point is to the right as soon as you shoot the drag caused by the the veins straightens that thing up and then it hits the target mm -hmm. 
Um, and that's like the best case, best flying scenario, a field point and veins on it. Uh, and then a, a step down from that is when you put a broadhead on the front of it. So the broadhead is going to be messing with the, the veins and it's not going to be allow the veins to correct as much as they do. So that's why your field point might hit different than your broadhead. If you just have a field point on there and no veins, as soon as you shoot that thing, if your field, if your, I'm sorry, if your point is aimed to the right, as soon as it shoots out of your bow, nothing is going to correct that except a little bit of wind resistance. So if you're shooting at 20 yards, your shaft will hit that target exactly how it left your bow for the most part. And then when you shoot right. your bear shaft or you shoot your fletched arrow, it will hit the center of the target. And then normally, like if you're in my example, if your point was to the right, it'll hit the knocks will not. And so in that case, you know, you could move your rest. If your point was to the right, you could move your rest a little bit to the right as well. And then that would make both of them. You want to get both of those hitting the same point. And then your, uh, your broadheads with the veins on it will hit the same point as your field point. Yeah. That was yeah, a lot. I just, <laughs> no, no, no. And, and that's why I wanted to, cause I kind of want to get into your process here yeah. and stuff. Cause everybody kind of has their own way of skinning the cat yeah. here. And, and, um, I'm always interested in hearing, hearing everybody else's process so I can always try stuff and, or refine mine or something like that. But, I do the same thing. Uh, I watch videos about people fletching arrows while I'm fletching arrows while I'm fletching, you know, the, <laughs> the 600th arrow that I fletched that year. You know, I'm like mm -hmm. it, I've done this so many times, but, there's always something little that you could catch in, you know, Hey, that, that's a pretty good idea right there. You know, using that instead of this or whatever, but right. yeah. Have you tried the new, um, serious arrows yet? Have you had got your hands on them? No, no, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't either, but I've heard good things about them, but, um, I, I don't know. I don't, I literally don't have any experience with them. I was just curious if you did. I, I've heard, uh, somebody contacted me and they were like, have you, have you heard of these? And I said, no, I've never heard of them, but, uh, I'd, I'd be interested. I'm always interested to get new components or, uh, new arrows and just kind of see how they are, see what they offer. Uh, like I said, you know, between a rampage and an axis, the rampage has a lighter grains per inch than the axis. And so I can get, you know, oh, I need more weight. I can move to an axis or I need less weight. I can move to a rampage to try to get somebody to whatever speed or weight that they're they're going for or if they're just contacting me i can get them to where i want them but um right the, having new components is always a good thing i'm actually uh compiling uh, a stack of 204 inserts and at some point when i when i get a few more i'm going to go out and shoot them through maybe poplar or something like that and just see which ones hold up uh to get a, a better idea of the the structural capabilities because seeing them go through an impact I think is uh, and how they fail is super important to be able to you know pick out the, the one that's the strongest or you know I, I a lot of times have to go with different front weights and so to be able to make combinations that will be the strongest is important so right if anybody has any two yeah, I've heard a lot of guys um, <laughs> and I don't have a lot of experience with them but I've, I've heard a lot of guys really liking the ethics um, yeah components and stuff like that it sounds like they make a good product so yeah i, I agree with that but they're they're heavy that's the only thing that i wish that there was yeah. more out there that was a little bit lighter other than just like the the stock uh eastern axis hit aluminum hit i wish there was something a little bit something else out there different i know gold tip makes one but it's an aluminum that sticks a little bit out the front of it and i you know 
Uh, I don't know about that one. I'd like <laughs> I'd like to test that one. I'd like to say, I guess, I could be yeah. surprised. Yeah, I, I kind of want to try out the uh, the next. I I, I kind of want to do a video testing manufacturers components, um, like the Day Six system versus the Valkyrie system versus oh, yeah. the Iron Will system versus the Focus. Um, you know, there's there's a bunch of systems I want to try system. and yeah. yeah, yeah, and just see you know what component systems are, are shining here and which ones are kind of lagging behind yeah. versus my 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 Elk River footer system. You know, like I think there's a bunch of cool different um, systems out there, but and, and then also toss one of those stupid spinning inserts on there. And see how those do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to to see if the bearings still spin freely after it goes through. Yeah, something. yeah. Just, I'd just be curious how how much torture it would take. Yeah, I, I think the rest of those other ones would would take more than than one of those spinning inserts. But I I unintentionally talk, talking some, out my ass there. <laughs> <laughs> I unintentionally did some testing on a rampage at that shoot that I've been talking about <laughs> where it was like a seventy yard shoot and I shot and the arrow was it was already a downhill shot and hmm. shot it was about 70 yards hit the the animal but you know how they put that like half inch rebar up through there and yeah man leg. oh yeah i just tagged that but it, this one wasn't even through the leg i think it was up further because it wasn't that far off uh, oh shoot and man i tagged it and it it bent the the field point was bent over um i mean it was like it was off by over an eighth of an inch from center. So it was like mauled down. Like somebody tried to hammer it into steel. That's what it looked like. And then, wow. uh, the, the insert actually bent just a little bit. And then the front of the arrow broke off as, or splintered a little bit as well. But man, that thing, that thing took a ton of impact. So I'm, 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 I have no worries about putting that into anybody's system, but, uh, it would be interesting to find out what the best one is. Like I said, I'm, I'm super impressed by doing the test. It's a ton of work. And I, I commend you on it, man, because it's, um, it's easy to sit back. Like you were saying, those guys that were sitting back and saying, Hey, you should have done this, should have done that. Mm -hmm. uh, you did it. So they can, you know, I don't listen to them. It's, <laughs> I, I commend you on just doing it because when you put yourself out there and you're going to say, Hey, I, I'm doing the best that I can. I have no bias in this. Um, I'm going to try to find out which one I'm, I'm doing it for myself and I'm going to share it with the world. And I think that, you know, you should be commended on that, not only for doing it, but for putting your, your name out there and saying, I'm, I'm doing this. And hmm. it's easy to sit back and say, do this or do that. I think I actually emailed you one or messaged you and said, what, what's the deal with this rating scale? But why don't you explain it to me? It made sense. But I was like, uh, you know, yeah, that was very confusing for folks. And, and, um, I almost want to leave it open because, um, you know, I, I mean, it was a collaboration, right? I mean, that the, I, the scoring I, um, system, I think, was designed by Cody, and it was really cool and everything. And it's nice to have a mm -hmm. ranking system so you can have a winner. Yeah. Um, but it, it would almost – yeah, I mean, it would almost be cool just to let the people decide. Um, yeah, the, we're definitely – I think I think Cody and then said they were, they were going to do another one next year, and hopefully I can be a part of that one too. But, yeah, um, you know, it – it, it's cool because I went to my local shop and, and I, you know, I talked to my buddy there and I'm, and he orders all the products for the archery. I'm like, you're going to want to order this head as soon as you can and yeah. get a bunch of them. And it was the quad Exodus. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, uh, they sold out, dude, they sold a shit ton of those, right? <laughs> dude, yeah. They, he said, dude, we ran out and I ordered a shit ton before that. So uh -huh. he's like, thanks. For I, the heads I don't up. doubt it, man. Those are good heads. <laughs> uh, my buddy Spencer, actually had bought some and he's i joke with him 
kind of half-heartedly, but he, he just buys broadheads like crazy and uh, likes to test them. I mean, it's just, it's a goal of mm-hmm. his to kind of, you know, Hey, I could do this. I could do that. I could try this, try that. Yep. Um, he's into it. And so he had tested some of the Exodus and he liked them so much that he bought extra ones and sent them to me. And he's mm-hmm. like, you have to see these. And I was like, those are pretty good broadheads, dude. There's no doubt about it. Uh, those things are razor sharp though, man. I was surprised. Yeah. I watched they're, uh, they're a bull get smoked with one this year and granted it was just through the neck, but, um, yeah. That broadhead wasn't even hardly chipped after it went into a tree. Like it was like almost perfect condition. Yeah, um, that, that's definitely one to look at for sure. Yeah, was, I, I really like that head. I mean, plug you know, shout out to Quad for 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 or QAD for the guys that want to correct me. I call him Quad, but um, <laughs> it's, it's just easier. But um, shout out to those guys, and they made a good head. I mean, that's all that's all I can say. I don't have a dog in the fight for him. I've yeah. never shot him on an animal. I planned on shooting him this year. Um, but I, I wanted to kill something with the day six. I wanted to kill something with the sever 1.5s and I wanted to kill something with the Exodus and I killed something with, I killed two things with the day six and now I'm on to the sever one and a half. So Mm -hmm. that should be an uh, interesting head. Those are pretty cool to look at too. Yeah. Uh, And and the annihilators are on my list too. I've seen one animal shot personally, but been there, watched it hit and everything, found the animal, tracked it. Um, and I, and I want more firsthand experience with those, but I think mm-hmm. those are a pretty legit head too. And, and the design of them is so left field that guys are like putting their nose up at it. But, you know, as a gear tester, they tested pretty solid, like really solid. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, and seeing a lot of the pictures this year on elk, it was, it was pretty impressive, you know, like, and I, yeah, I, I don't see anything wrong with them. I'd like to see them maybe be a bit sharper, but that's that's my only gripe. That's that's it. Yeah, there's it, it's amazing how many are out there. And like you were saying in that test, I was surprised by how close a lot of them were. Like there wasn't – the ones right. you got from China were absolute garbage. That's easy. But <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody kind of knew that going in. Yeah, what's funny is that the cheap dirt naps, uh, the or the knockoff dirt naps, actually perform better than the than the legit dirt naps in some oh, of the no. tests. <laughs> and I was like worried because I opened my fat mouth before the testing, and and uh, I'm like, I don't think these heads are going to perform pretty well or very well. Like, I'm not uh-huh. a big fan of dirt nap, and, and I'm I'm talking a specific model of dirt nap. I'm not talking as a company. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then we get the nicer, some of the nicer dirt naps. I'm like, I'm going to look like a freaking idiot here. These things are going to test better than what I said. And, yeah. and they didn't, they didn't test very good. <laughs> Luckily yeah. they didn't test very good. But, um, even, even the ones that I shot were, I know they were going to be worse than those and they have the black ferals and, yeah. uh, they're just, they're just a shit broadhead. I wouldn't, I would never recommend those, but, um, the ones in the, in the testing that we used were a little bit nicer, but still wouldn't put on the end of my arrow. Yeah. So, uh- an interesting thing. So, uh, Josh that I went up with actually, uh, does some work for, uh, Schwacker broadheads. Mm-hmm. So he had a few of those up there and I was honestly pretty impressed by those. I'm not a huge fan of mechanicals to put it nicely, but, uh, I was impressed by those. I mean, they, what, what I consider when I'm impressed by something, it's mainly just the build quality. So if you can shake it and it doesn't, you know, sound like it's getting ready to fall apart if you shake it too much. Right. Uh, for mechanical, I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. But, um, yeah, I, I think that as far as I would go, uh, are you, have you changed into a mechanical or have you changed from a mechanical or? What's um, your- I've shot a few mechanicals, uh, shot a Turkey this year with the rage, no collar. And I, it was spot and stock Turkey and tall grass. And, um, I can't prove after it, 
went through the turkey that it didn't bounce off the rock because that's what a lot of people are claiming happened. Yeah. Which it's funny because there's me, my buddy, and my other buddy, and, and none of these other folks that are claiming that's what happened were there. Uh, <laughs> but it was laying flat on the ground, and uh-huh. there wasn't really any rock. It was like a forest, forested, nice ground area. Uh-huh. You know, like it wasn't like a rocky area or anything. So it went through the turkey, and, and one of the ba- blades bent, like noticeably bent. And I'm like, if it yeah. bent going through a turkey, I don't know about this head, but I really yeah. did like the fact that it had no collars. And that to me was a huge benefit. Um, but it did deploy three times, dragging it, stalking through the brush. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And so I had to push it back down three times, the blades back down. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was devastating when it hit the Turkey. I just wasn't impressed by the durability, the yeah. sever uh, would be my number one pick for a broadhead. They only they tested the best out of all the mechanicals, in my opinion. Yeah. But not only that, um, they are they are solid. I mean, they're if you've ever had one or held one or you take one apart, they're a solid head. Yeah. And um, I really like them. I don't like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind them being a little shorter with the uh, ferrule length, but mm-hmm. I think I think they're a good, I think they're a, a good mechanical, and I'm going to use one on a, on a deer this year using um, the same arrow system, still using the day six arrow system. But mm-hmm. um, I all, it's funny on my elk, I almost, gr- I grabbed the arrow with the sever looking at the elk and I'm like, 80 yards is pretty far. I'm like, <laughs> maybe I need the accuracy of the, of the uh, mechanical here yeah. just to get as much as I can. But at the same time, I'm like, but it's 80 yards and I want as much penetration as I can get. I'm like, and I, and I don't trust mechanicals. <laughs> so, yeah. And no. Yeah. Yeah. That's- so I, I, I reached for it and then I grabbed my, my day six, um, complete whole system day six. And uh-huh. dude, that arrow went through, it's gotta be eight inches of muscle. I mean, cause it went through just below the shoulder blade where all that muscle hangs down without any bone. Mm-hmm. And, um, it went through that right in that triangle that everybody aims for. It went through that and then out the other side and like five inches of my fletching end of the arrow was still hanging in the bowl and it eventually broke off. But um, yeah. that's a, I mean, that's a hard pass through 80 yards on a bowl. That's pretty God dang impressive. So yeah, that's super impressive. Yeah. And that's, that's shooting 261 feet per second, which a lot of guys are probably going to shoot better than that. Cause I have a 28 inch draw. Uh huh. So, and I'm not shooting a speed, but I'm shooting an Evoke 31, which I wouldn't call a speed bio. It's, it's right in there with on point with all the other bow speeds pretty much, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, I was super impressed with it. I don't, I don't think my day or my, uh, Eastern axis just because it's 457 grains. I don't think it would have done that. Yeah. Um, I was actually looking at some of the pictures, uh, of the, like I mentioned their beginning of the podcast, but it was, um, when I shot mine, like I said, I was shooting the, the S100, the Ironwheel S100s, mm-hmm. and the entry wound on that, I think, actually went through a rib. I was looking back. Um, I took a few pictures to try to figure out what had gone on in there, and mm-hmm. it it busted through. I, I'm thinking it busted through one rib for sure, and then um, I think that it nicked another one, but it, it almost went all the way through. Um, again, it was 26 yards, but my second shot was, uh, as, as it was laying down, it kind of came, you know, through the the chest and then Mm -hmm. out through the back and it, it went straight through it. I, it went straight through it and stuck in the ground. So it was still, it was moving pretty quick. I was pretty happy with that, but 
going back uh, like the next day and kind of looking at the window that I shot through, it was small. And if there would have been, um, there was maybe a half hour of shooting light left. And if there would have been any small branches out there that you can't see, you know, if you're looking, the light isn't great and you're looking, it's dark behind it because of the, the dark dirt or dark earth behind it. And you don't see some of those branches and you shoot a mechanical through there. I was, I was looking at that and thinking, man, it could have opened up and thrown my shot off pretty yeah. bad. Uh, so I was happy with it, with the fix just because I know it would have sliced through it. Uh, yeah. if, it, if it was deflected, it would, have, it would have just deflected instead of deflected and then opened up and thrown the balance of the arrow off. And it would have just started wobbling after that and, you know, gotten horrible penetration or, you know, even worse, just, uh, you know, hurt the animal. <laughs> it would have suffered and died later. It, it I think it, that's why I like the mechanicals, I think, or yeah. like the fixed. Sorry. Well, that's a big reason I haven't shot them is because I shoot through brush a lot. I, I yeah. do. I practice shooting through brush all year round. So I, I know what mm -hmm. I can get away with. And, um, and still there's always that limb that you don't see. Yeah. Um, luckily this year that bull was out in a unit and that's what also maybe lean towards the mechanical, but there's been, um, the bull last year, it would have deployed before it got there. I mean, it was mm -hmm. a pretty good, it was a pretty good end of a, of a fur bow. And I just, you know, a mechanical would have deployed in my opinion, a hundred percent. And mm -hmm. I just, I don't know, man, it was, it was only a 17 yard shot, but I mean, it, I, I don't know the, the fear of the unknown there is what prevents me from shooting it. I knew my arrow would go right where I wanted if I used a fixed blade last mm -hmm. year. And so, um, again, that's, I mean, I cut those, those branches off. They were laying on the ground <laughs> when I walked up to go get my arrow, I picked them up and I was like, that's pretty cool. And yeah. then, you know, went and grabbed my arrow, which smoked through that bowl and was sticking in the ground. Yeah. yeah that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, sure. I don't know if you'd get that with a mechanical. So you're shooting, you said 515 grains this year at 261. 261. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious on, uh, momentum and kinetic energy and all that stuff. But I, I was curious because I was shooting 460 and, uh, 273. So maybe after this, I'll do the math, try to figure out what the difference was between our two arrows, but that's it would be, it would be fairly significant. Yeah. But it wouldn't, I mean, it, your setup, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any problem using your setup on an elk. I mean, I wouldn't shoot as far. Um, but, it would absolutely get the job done. I I know bulls that have gone down with sub 400 grain arrows, you know, but they yeah. get the shots 40 yards and under. So. Yeah, and shot placement. It's always number one yeah, for sure. absolutely. Shot placement, you know, it's, I don't think it's talked about enough, to be honest with you. We, we do all this testing and all this stuff when all these arrow builds and all this, you know, all this stuff, but yet none of that is going to mean a, a thing. And I actually... Should, I should post the video. I was talking to a friend of mine through a shot the other day on a blacktail with a rifle. Mm -hmm. And he's pretty excited, you know, just real <laughs> jacked. It's a good buck. And I said, I looked at him like, it doesn't matter how big it is if you cannot make the shot and bring him home. Like It, yeah. it, do, it doesn't matter. You're just going to end up with a cool picture. That's all you're going to have. Yeah, and, and that, a bad you know, story. <laughs> yeah, and, and a bad story. And um, just trying to calm them down. And, and I tell myself that all that I tell myself that every time I draw back on a good buck or a good bull or I have something that I get, I'm get, i getting excited about, 
Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter if you can't make the shot. Like it, you're just going to be one of those guys telling somebody about how big of that buck or how big that bull was, and you're that got you know, away. That 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 got away. And yeah. I've had too many of them get away in the past where it's like, man, you know, I should have took my time to range, or I should have took this or that, and just taking your time and making a good shot and and just everything that I preach on is why I'm starting to bring animals home consistently. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, there's a reason I range everything. It's because I don't, I shoot and I've shot unmarked and guys are like, Oh, well, you're, that's a lost art. Yeah, sure. It's a lost art, but you know, what's also becoming a lost art is, is shot placement. So yeah, everybody know. wants a giant broadhead that'll kill it no matter where you <laughs> shoot it. And that just exactly. Exist. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't, I don't think I've ever hit anything in the shoulder ever period um i've made shots far back um i've made you know not great shots but i've never actually ever hit anything in the shoulder and and um usually my misses are up or up or down not left or right so mm-hmm. and that's because range or something like that but yeah i mean I, i'm proud of that and now that i said that the next animal i shoot will probably be smack dab <laughs> in the shoulder but um zero actually, yeah zero penetration just it'll yeah. stop and yeah. Well, I've got friends day. that shoot heavy arrows on because the blacktail are like, you know, 140 pound blacktail is a pretty good blacktail. You can get them bigger than that, but that's 150 pound blacktail is pretty average. Maybe, maybe yeah. even smaller, smaller than that. And so you can aim for the shoulder and, and it, with a good arrow and, and broadhead, you'll get through no problem. Yeah. Um, your guys' whitetail over there are bigger though, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, the one that I shot was pretty small, but uh, up in Wisconsin where I was at, I think that they get much bigger than that. Um, and here in Indiana, they, they do decent. I think there's, uh, there's a few monsters out there, but, um, they're, like I said, they're not doing anything right now. It's just too hot. Hmm. But I was curious, uh, what site do you shoot? Sorry to jump topics, but I was, I was no, thinking about mine now. And, uh, honestly, I was thinking about that because when you were talking about, you know, getting your, your shot placement and all that stuff, I was like, I'm, I'm thinking about which site I would get. And I looked around for another four pin just because I like that setup, but which side are you shooting? So I, I've been shooting the fast Eddie and the fast Eddie XL models the last couple of years. Um, yep. both sliders, mine's a three pin. Um, mm-hmm. you could very well custom order a four pin mm-hmm. from spot hog. If you wanted, um, if I was going to suggest somebody a site, it would either be a black gold right now or a spot hog. Mm-hmm. Um, those are probably my two top brands just because they're both built, built really well. Yeah. Um, and you can find them all over the place. I mean, and they have a good warranty. Um, oh, yeah. Both of them stand behind their products. Spothog really does. I've used their stuff before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've really drugged my Spothog through this shit. Like this year when Anthony <laughs> shot his bull, dude, I was like, I got to go check my bow after this. There's no way it's on. And everything was perfect. I mean, yeah, I drug it through some, some crap this year. I mean, I'm really hard on my gear. Not only uh-huh. because I, I just I trust it and I spend the money to have shit that's going to stay in the same spot, but the stuff I hunt is also hard on the gear. So Yeah, you um, have to be hard on the gear to get close to it, right? I mean, you have to crawl to get to yeah, certain yeah. locations. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when I, yeah, I mean, I had a stock um, a few years ago. It was like a couple hundred yards on my belly, and I'm mm-hmm. just kind of scooching my bow through the dirt and, and just that, that shit's really hard on, on your bow, your strings, your sight, your sight fibers, everything. And so, yeah. you know, I, I, me personally, I, I like the spot hog. I'm partial to them. They're from Oregon, which is another reason I, I back them up more yeah. than other sites. But, um, 
Trophy Ridge is good, but they have a lot of cheaper stuff out there too. And yeah. so um, Spot Hog, all the Spot Hog stuff right now, they, they use good materials. There's no plastics really. There's no mm-hmm. anodized plastics or polymers or anything really. So um, that's that's yeah. mainly why I use them is because I can just say Spot Hog and know that they're all pretty durable. Yeah, so. my buddy just got a, a Spot Hog and he was telling me, he was like, I told him what had happened with mine and I was like, I, I don't know how it moved. I still don't know how it moved, but um, I was telling him and he was like, oh man, you got to get a spot hog. He said, I could take mine <laughs> off right now and drive a nail with it and put it back on my bow and it'll shoot fine. Yeah. Yeah. I totally Absolutely agree no with, that. I do with that. Yeah. And you know, the downside is, is they are heavier. Um, mm-hmm. They are expensive, but they are heavy and I don't really like how heavy they are. There's a reason I don't shoot the Tommy or the hog father. It's because they're heavy. <laughs> yeah, so, just, just the weight with it. Yeah, and so I, I like the Fast Eddie. I like the Fast Eddie XL even more. Um, but I hunted all year minus, well, no, minus the last last animal I shot was with the Fast Eddie XL. But outside of that, I shot all year with the Fast Eddie, and I liked it. It was just fine, and mm. it was lighter than the Fast Eddie XL. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm trying to get my bow weight down a little bit because these bows are getting so darn heavy anymore. And, yeah. Um, I was getting, getting in a conversation with a bunch of guys on Facebook today about, um, uh, bow weights and stuff, but, um, talking to whitetail, um, hunters over East about, you know, saving a few ounces on a bow actually, to me, does make a difference. Right. That's just that to me, that's personal preference, but well, that um, you're, you're hunting longer distance than. Um, yeah. 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 And, and one of my buddies, Matt, um, from lethal podcast was saying, well, you know, we're talking about two different things here. We're talking about sitting in a tree stand. You're talking about, yeah. <laughs> you know, hunting wilderness or hunting, you know, six, eight miles or whatever. And like, there's an absolutely difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's but, what I was going to say is, you know, out East here, a, a lot of it is tree stands because it's so, th- you know, the, the woods are so thick that we can't shoot more than 30 yards. Right. And usually it's from a tree stand uh, just because we have to get up in the air because otherwise it's brush that we have to shoot through like yeah. a lot of it. But, um, Oh, the other thing I wouldn't ask you too, so if you were going to change anything about your setup, is there anything that you would change as far as your arrow goes? Or were you, are you happy with everything's that? Not just um, like the names and everything, but I mean, just weights and speeds. And I would uh, go, I would go lighter. Um, yeah. Cause I want, I want to shoot 280. I just like the trajectory. I do. I like it. Yeah. I feel like I have more shot opportunities with that trajectory shooting in the, in the timber. Yeah. Um, there was one bull this year, and this is this was the deciding factor. There's one bull this year where he was a spike. It was opening day. It was 45 yards, and uh, with my old arrow setup, I knew what my arrow trajectory would have been, and uh-huh. I didn't know exactly where it would have been on this one, and so it prevented me from taking the shot because mm-hmm. um, I just you know I knew it was going to be a bigger arc, and I didn't know exactly. Um, how far that tree was from the bull. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was like 30 yards. And so it was just right at the perfect height where I felt like I felt like my faster arrow would have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's, that's just personal preference. I, 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 you know, when I shot that bull this year at 80, I didn't feel like it took forever for it to get there. Um, on that bull or on that pig at 60 this year, I was like, man, that arrow took forever to get there, you know, but yeah. I was also, shooting the Bowtech uh, BTX, which was, I believe, slower <laughs> than the than the Evoke was. So I think I was yeah. in like... You had an issue with the bow or something I've heard, right? 
<laughs> yeah, Maybe, I, I, I try not to get on. I try not to get on my soapbox, but I was shooting, <laughs> when I shot that hog, man, I was like, man, that arrow took forever to get there. But uh-huh. um, you know, I mean, I don't know. Everything always t- seems like it takes forever to get there when you shoot at an animal. It's like slow mo, you know. Oh yeah. Well, uh, so in some of the competitions that I shoot in, there's a hundred yard shot, and man, that it takes it takes my arrows about two seconds <laughs> to get there. And yeah. when you shoot it and you don't hear that, that foam thud, I mean, I'm, I'm going to total archer challenge next year for sure. Got a small group of guys together and we're like, we're doing it. Um, but man, that you shoot it and like, you think that you could set your bow down and pull your binoculars up and maybe <laughs> range it two or three times. And yeah. then you hear that foam thud. Cause that takes forever. <laughs> I couldn't imagine an animal at more yeah. than 30 or 40 yards just because it would just, I mean, take forever yeah i mean yeah i'd have a heart attack (laughs) yeah following that arrow um what but back when if you watch that video actually it's not no longer on my story but if if you uh remember that video i posted um i don't know if i actually uploaded this part but i was talking to the to the phone to the instagram story saying i i saw where my arrow went and if it went where i thought it did that's a dead bull i just killed a big bull or something like that Uh but just following that arrow it's like the worst cliffhanger of your life. It's it's like yes, there would yes, be a yes, commercial yes, break. Yes, for yes, sure. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I mean, and I've also said a lot too that you know, asking the shooter where he shot is probably the worst person you could ask. Absolutely, <laughs> so, because when you when you yeah when you let it go, yeah. you know, you're there's so many things going on that you you really don't know. That's why I was happy when. For some reason, like when I when I shot my buck, it was uh, everything kind of stood still for a minute. When I when I pull back and I'm looking through the peep, I'm looking through the scope and I'm looking um, at the buck in the trees in the woods. Uh, I remembered most of it, and I think that a lot of it is because how much 3D I've shot. And I know there's no replacement for pulling back on a live animal, but um, you know you're kind of that. And I, I think I've discussed this at my house. I'll shoot in my garage, and I shoot. Um, through kind of our uh, entryway kind of area in our garage, uh, shoot across that, out the door, across two hoods of the cars, <laughs> and to the right of my bikes is where my target is. Oh, geez. But I, I didn't start shooting that, but I just kind of ended up shooting that, and it doesn't mm-hmm. bother me to shoot that anymore. And like when I draw back, I'm aimed directly at it, um, that kind of stuff. And I know that it, there's probably, I'm running out of time on that, but. Uh, something will go wrong my bow will break or something like that. But um, <laughs> D-loop will fail. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, you, you get comfortable shooting in the tight spots, uh, either, you know, which you shouldn't do in your garage, or uh, shooting, shooting on a 3D, I think, helped me quite a bit on that because I wasn't looking at a deer for the first time. I was looking at something that I'd seen before, even though it was moving. Yeah. As soon as it stood still, I knew where to shoot. I knew that I could shoot. I had confidence in my equipment. I had confidence in mm-hmm. being able to shoot through that window and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I think that, you know, for a first time hunter, I think that it's great to get out and do that. Uh, not only that, but you're shooting in a 3d, you're shooting uphill and downhill and, uh, your feet aren't perfectly level and on a, a nice solid pad and all that stuff. So that's one right. thing, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree, man. And, and it's, it's just about building confidence out there. I, I want to shoot a lighter arrow, honestly, so I can shoot farther at those tack shoots or those mountain challenge yeah. shoots. Cause you'll get 120 yard shots. I can shoot out to a hundred right now. And yeah. so, um, back when I was shooting my 457 grain arrow, I was shooting like 120. So wow. with dialing, 
dialing to 115, 120, somewhere in there. And, and um, crazy. yeah, you know, my buddy can, he's got a super low anchor or something. Cause he's, he's, his peep is so high on his string. Like it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I was and, gonna say, that's how you could cheat. Yeah. Yeah. And he shoots freaking far. Like, I mean, I'm not saying he's shooting accurately far, but he can, he can dial really freaking far. And, and if I'm going to be shooting or at least, um, competing at one of these shoots next year, which I really want to shoot just to see what I could put up against with some of these other good shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be able to actually dial, not hold over. Cause a lot of these guys are, are, are dialing out that far, you know, and if you're going to actually compete holding over that far, eh, I just don't think you're going to be competitive versus these guys that are holding right on dot. So. Oh yeah, I agree. And that's so like with my setup, um, like I said, I'm shooting 460 grains and that is one thing that I would do is probably go to a lighter arrow if I could. But, um, with the combinations that I have now, uh, it's not really an option because if I drop down to a lower spine, uh, if I put whatever I put in the front of it, I would be too, uh, my spine wouldn't be right. And then if I go to 300, I have to put the 55 in it in order to get it to where it needs to be. But ideally, if I could, I'd, I'd love to shoot about a four, maybe a 430, something like that, mm-hmm. just to be able to shoot down a little bit further. Um, I know I would drop, uh, you know, some momentum and things like that, but maybe that would just be a, a 3D setup. I know when I go to, to Total Archery Challenge, I'll probably be shooting velocities. So I okay. can, uh, I can get that just because they're, uh, like I said, they're an inexpensive arrow. And, uh, when I go shoot 3d with my buddies, my arrows are all they shoot for. So, and I shoot for theirs too. Wait, the <laughs> um, right. but yeah, I, I would rather lose a couple of velocities and a few rampages just cost wise. But well, when you I build your, a lot better. yeah, when you build your, um, your arrows for 3d, just build like dark knock, dark veins. And yeah. <laughs> They won't be able to see where your where your stuff's at unless it's like a mountain goat. <laughs> oh yeah, well that that's the thing. Uh, so my most popular kind of vein, I guess, right now and or setup right now is kind of the the murdered out look. So I put like a black uh, wrap on it, and black veins, and then uh, mm. a couple guys even asked for black knocks. Um, yeah. I think it's just because you know when you let one go, if if you don't see it, it, it's gone. They're just not worried about it, or they're just shooting it for indoor or something like that. But yeah. Uh, it's a super cool look, but man, you're, you're not doing yourself any favors and being able to find them. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but so, well, is there anything else you wanted to, to get this thing going? Cause we are going on about two hours now. So. Oh, already. Right, no, I, I yeah. think that was it. Uh, love talking to you, man. I really appreciate you letting me back on. Uh, we'll probably have to get back together after I bet you're going to get another animal. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully I do too. So, uh, we get back together and discuss those stories and, uh, maybe talk some more arrows if we learn something new, uh, in those experiences. But yeah, I really, really want to, um, see if we can get you some day six in your hands. Just, to, I just want to hear from a builder's perspective, um, what you think of them. And then also I want to get some experience with those new serious arrows as well. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. You, give us some more to talk about. If you want to send them to me, I, I could check them and then, uh, send them back to you. So yeah, no worries. Uh, um, I'll, I'll try and I'll, I'll try and get some of the mail to you or something. I'll okay. send you a couple of, couple of the ones that are too, too weak of a spine for me. So. Yep. Those would be great. I talked to Brian once. Um, and I think he was going to send me a few out, but you know, it, it's hard when you're, when you're working and you're, I've done it too, where it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'll get those right out to you. And then it's like, yeah. oh crap, that was two weeks ago. 
Dude, um, after uh, yeah, that guy gets hit hit up all the time. He's yeah. He's, he's every time I talk to him, he's rolling arrows. <laughs> yep, that, he was fletching arrows when I talked. Yeah, to him. yeah. The guy, he I don't know when he sleeps, but it's never it's. I I don't know when that he, he if he ever sleeps. That guy's always working on something. Yeah, for sure. But uh, so, the other thing is just uh, if people are curious about what I do, um, I do have a webpage. It's just DCA Custom Arrows dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget the custom arrows side of it. And then um, on Instagram, it's just at DCA custom arrows. So right. uh, go there, check them out. Um, hopefully it inspires you to get out uh, and at least, you know, play around, be curious about your arrows, try new things, um, keep playing around with it. It's a relatively inexpensive way to kind of enjoy the hobby more. I think to, to get out and be able to shoot more accurately or just to, to try new things, it, it makes the, uh, the range time go a little quicker. So appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah, and I'll put your stuff in the show notes so guys can cool. um, maybe have a link for you and stuff. And and uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate your your input this year when I was having some, some arrow <laughs> arrow problem. I think it was more of a Garrett problem than it was anything. But um. uh, it all worked itself out. But that and at some point, I need to build you some arrows so you can uh, play around yeah. with them and give me some feedback because I, I I value your opinion and uh, I take all you know cr- criticism and uh, points. Uh, pretty well, I think. So I'd, I'd be curious what you think. Yeah, sounds good, man. Well, well maybe we'll do like a day six swap or something. <laughs> it sounds good, brother. So, all right, well, have a good night, man. You too. Talk to you later. All right, see ya. Bye. All right, guys, that's this episode. Thanks, Kyle, for sitting down. Be sure to go check him out. Or if you want some custom built arrows, uh, don't forget to visit his Instagram or check him out at DCA Custom Arrows. And uh, he's, you know, he does a great, he's a good guy, does good work, and I totally trust him. Would have no problem having him build me a set of arrows. So, outside of that, appreciate everybody for listening. If you haven't yet, be sure to go onto the YouTube channel and sub uh, the YouTube channel. Just type in my name, Garrett Weaver. I'll pull right up. You can sub, hit the bell icon so you get notifications as I upload. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to doing the bow reviews. Those are probably my favorite videos all year, doing the bow reviews. And uh, really love the feedback I get from those. So outside of that, I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye.